Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Miseducation of Music. You are here with Jay Treb and Alex as usual. Just, what just us, just us. Just us. I feel like I've been introducing so many guests lately <laughs> that it's like, wow, it's really just two of us in here right now. It's crazy, man. But this is our first episode back in the studio, man. Yeah. With all of the craziness and things happening in the world. Yes, man. We had to get back in the studio so we could change up content just a little bit for you all so we can bring you more relevant things that go along with the things that are happening in the world, such as George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, the protests happening across the country and things of that nature. We feel like it's not a time to let up on the gas, and we feel like this genre, this genre of podcast, which is music, has a lot to say about that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, uh, just to dive into it, like, we're going to talk today about To Pimp a Butterfly, man. So, if you want to give some backstory, if you got any. Well, I actually just looked up um, today, did some research, because I was listening to These Walls, which is a track Ooh. on that album. Man, that video, too. Yeah. And it I don't know about you, but if the sound, which I believe is Bilal, the voice, yes. guest, sounds like Prince. Yeah. So, I had forgotten the Bilal was in that song, so I looked it up, and... I said his prince. He's also on another woes. one. Uh, he's on the one where I thought it was Anderson Pock the first time. Not the first time I heard it, but like one time I was listening, I was like, "Is that Anderson Pock in the background?" Yeah, that's, that's him on there too. Yeah, and Anna Wise is also yeah. on that track. But yeah, I know what you're talking about, dude. Like he went crazy on there. Yeah, these walls so, are such a good song. Yeah, so then I looked up um, was Prince on that song, which led me to an article that Prince and Kendrick actually had a. Um, Don't tell me they got a secret track somewhere. Well, they had a a studio session together at uh, Paisley Park, but he said okay. that um, I guess Prince was like in a hurry, so he's like, I didn't even trip because I, I didn't care about making a song. I just wanted to talk to him. So reasonable, I, yeah. And this is at the time he was recording this album, and he told Prince it was originally supposed to be titled "To" spelled "T-U Pimp a Caterpillar." Oh, for these walls? That's what these no, no, no. Are? The album was supposed to name. Oh, yeah. Well, so the poem at the end on Mortal Man mm -hmm. talks about why he talks, why it's called the Pimp a Butterfly, mm -hmm. and even what the caterpillar versus the butterfly imagery yeah, means yeah. within here, and how some people are butterflies, some people are caterpillars, and things of that nature. So it's like, that's even crazier, because it would have made sense as to pimp a caterpillar mm -hmm. as yeah, well, because it would have been talking about him pimping what he metaphorically alludes to or caterpillar. Man, we're going to get deep into this <laughs> album today. Man, just the energy you're giving right here. We're going to get deep into this album today, man. I'm excited. This is, um, his this is the sophomore, sophomore album, album, third drop. Third yeah, okay. That's because cool. I would still count Section 80 as a first one. Yeah. Um, that's Dad, him and... Ah, it's, like, weird, man. What, him and Section who? 80? Just that Section 80. I, yeah, I, to say that it's not... A it's weird. It's so coherent. It's so yeah, coherent. For a like, fucking I mean, first, like that's what I'm saying. It goes right into Mad City, and then like even the poem about to pimp a butterfly refers to Mad City. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's even crazier, man. Uh, before we get too deep, though, I do want to talk quickly about this mail that I received. Yeah. I was just telling Alex about it. Um, this is what I got when I signed up for Ludi or Goldmouth, a Dreamville artist, super awesome artist. If you all haven't checked it out, I'll uh, probably put some songs in the description below. But this is Getting Every Dollar, G-E-D. He has a track out with this as the single. And I signed up months ago for a Getting Every Dollar card. It was like a promotion they were doing. It was like a bank system that they were making up. I'm sure it goes along with a new album, so I'm super excited for it. But they sent me this letter, and it is hilarious, because, I mean, like, I'm not going to read the entire thing. I'll probably put a picture of it 
up on the screen, but I'll show it right here really quick, and then I'll put a picture of it up on the screen so everybody else could uh, check it out. But it's, like, super hilarious because I'm like, if this ties into the album, it's going to be really cool. And then they actually sent a real card. Like, this is a raised like ag- like this is this is better than some of my debit cards yeah. actually i have a tcf card that is a piece of shit so like this is actually a pretty good card so i'm sure the card numbers are going to correlate with something else but we'll keep you all updated on that because i think this is one of the coolest promotions i've received i'm into fucking marketing when it comes to like dude not, like same. music and stuff and i like that that reminds me of um daft punk actually when, when oh yeah discovery they're, their they're album Discovery, their second album, they actually gave uh, Daft Punk club cards, and it looked like that's a debit card with Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. And I think you can like go online and like look up, you get like exclusive tracks or something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe this will be like an exclusive thing. Like, maybe in the future, even when he's like three, four albums past this, it's like, yeah. yo, if you got that card though, like those numbers still work as a discount code yeah, or something. Something. It's gonna be really cool, man. I think that's super awesome, and I think that that is just cool advertisement for an album. Mm-hmm. Now. uh back to our regularly scheduled programming because we don't know how to make short album (laughs) review episodes, so we need to dive into this quickly. Um, So, first track, we're going to track it down? Yeah, track it down. Okay, you want to intro the first track? You want me to intro the first track? Um, I'll look. I mean, I know know what it is, but I need the track list in front of me. Oh, yeah, I got the track list pulled up on the iPad over here. Maybe we'll start putting a little track list, or maybe we'll put, like, the track right here. The song we're on. Ooh. We'll do by song. Oh, my God. That'll be really cool. And then maybe we'll timestamp it. I'm saying a lot of things. Don't hold me to it, people watching on YouTube in the future. Um, but uh, So this yeah, is Wesley's Theory yes. uh, with George Clinton and Thundercat. Very um, funkadelic. Funky people. I mean, Funkadelic, funk. speaking of that, that's the name of the group yeah, yeah. that George Clinton created. One of the groups George Clinton created. Yeah. I think it's fun. No, I'm just... Really quick, I'm just putting together this. This is like childish Gambino's Awaken My Love. Oh, yeah, this, this is, the is same b- vibe. before. Yeah. I'd say it's before it. Yeah, I it mean, is. like, same it's vibe, that though. jazz fusion funk style. He Thank brought you. in the OG with it, yeah. and then he also has Thundercat who can just lay down filthy ridiculous bass like yeah. dude the bass is so heavy on this track like how it's just going up you feel it so intensely and i mean like if we dive in deeper and talk about like the lyrics to this song it's so crazy how it's still relevant mm-hmm. and i mean even like the album cover all the uh, all the people in front of the white house and you know they're standing over what yeah. seems to be a dead president you know and like this for it to for that to be the album cover you see when you get this album and then this is the first song you put on mm-hmm. it's you're like, oh, revolution. Like, it's yeah. happening. And that's when <laughs> I, I told you, whatever it was, last week, whatever, a couple weeks ago, when we were having our own protest here in the Oh, yeah, when we were out there with the people here. Yeah, I said, and especially when I saw that they were protesting in front of the White House, I was like, oh, my God, this is that's probably the closest thing to this cover you'll get. Exactly. Which is like, so, so, like people so close to the White House like that. Like, dude, they were like, going at the fence at the beginning of these yeah. protests, dude. And, like, it looked like <laughs> this album yeah. cover, except there were far more people there than just these few here. Yeah. But it was just so crazy because you get in that, and then when the song comes on, just every nigga is a star. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a sample? I'm sure it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I'm Forrest sure I've heard Gardner. that original song. That's the name of the song, um, which is from the soundtrack of a film. Um, what movie is it? It's called... Oh, Every Nigga's a Star. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Man, maybe I need to up myself. Maybe I need to up my history. I need to educate myself. And um, that um, film and that song 
uh, was intended to change the perception of the N-word in Jamaica and encourage black pride during the 1970s. Its aim bears similarities to what Kendrick attempts to do for listeners. Later yeah, because I, mean, I was about to say, we're on we're on par with uh, this album and how it yeah. ends up tying together at the end. Because what I will give this album as credit for being one of the best tie-ups ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, there's not a loose end that I could find here, especially when I was listening yeah. to it today to intentionally find yeah. loose ends. I was like, I can't find one. Yeah, and this, um, what he's, Kendrick actually on that sample opened up the album he said it represents how i felt when i first got signed that's the first initial state you get money you feel like this but overall in general it represents those without money of my color that's rich in spirit you don't need dollars to feel like you have a place in this world yeah and that's how it feels i mean the the uh hearing george clinton come in is almost like a a stamp of approval Mm -hmm. for the album and what's about to happen it's like you hear, okay, he's got the stamp of approval for funk. Right. That's the that's funk right there. Right, right. He's got Thundercat on the bass line throwing it down. But when the beat hits, so it starts with the every nigga is a star sample. And then right after <laughs> that little bridge, you hear the hit me. Yeah. And that's when everything just starts going chaotic. You're hearing mm-hmm. the bass line. And you're hearing George Clinton just say, to pimp a butterfly, yeah. introing the story. And I mean, like, dude, the lyrics are so crazy. Just the we should never gave niggas money. Like, it's just, the, it's an intense way to think about it. Yeah, but yeah. he's also saying, like, Man, when I get signed, homie, I'm going to buy a strap straight from the CIA, put it in my lap. Mm -hmm. Like, he's thinking, like, oh, when I get the money, it's over. Like, it's like, I made it, I made it, I'm here. And he's he's almost just throwing out immediately, hey, so this is what y'all think it is. Mm -hmm. This is what you all think is going to happen. Like, he's giving you everything you've believed in the illusion of what rappers can do when they get that first big check, when they start making moves, you know. But, like, the album just continues so intensely to disprove this theory. Yeah. So it instantly opens up the first verse, which I'm looking at it now, which is what I thought it was about. I'm sorry. The chorus, um, which is, is like, no, um, at first, I didn't love you. Oh, yeah, but now I just want to fuck. fuck. Yeah. It's, it's that lust for, like, fame and lust for, like, being in the game and, like, lust, you know, that... That's kind of what this album is about. Just late nights thinking of you. Oh, my God. You were my first girlfriend. Like, it's deep to to put that context on the rap industry, Mm -hmm. to put it on the money in the industry. Like, you were my first girlfriend. Like, I tossed and turned losing nights of sleep over over you, just, like, waiting to get to this point for it to be this depressing almost, you know? It's crazy, man. And, like, the the bridges burn all across the board. Mm -hmm. Like, Man, how deep could he get? And then to go deeper, we have just George Clinton in true old school funk form. Just the looking down, it's quite a drop. Mm -hmm. Looking good when you're on top, metaphysically, metaphorically, in Mm -hmm. a state of euphoria. Look both ways before you cross my mind. Oh, my God, dude. That is just such a dope, deep line to me. I love, like, lines like that. Like, the funk music era was full of, like, phrases like that that seemingly just make no sense. Mm -hmm. Because they're open for your interpretation. Mm -hmm. How did you think of it? What do you think I mean from that? Right. You know, how did you, however you took it is what it means in your life. Right. Like almost, you know, because those are just crazy lines. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, dude, just to go back to George Clinton in his era, like the song One Nation Under a Groove, which I'm sure many people heard because it right. got so repopular during the Obama elections. Mm-hmm. But that song was made when they walked in, uh, I think it was the U.N., and they looked at all these flags. Well, maybe it wasn't the UN, but it was some place that had just all the flags of all the nations above them. And they came up with that song just off that. They said one nation under a groove, and that was like them being there. Oh, my God. It's like insane to hear what they got from it and then what we take from it today. Mm-hmm. 
because it's like that song came from real life experience right. and i mean like this song right here is real life experience it's right. like but we're gonna make it so metaphorical it's that you gotta think deep album, yeah. you gotta think so deep to understand this you could just jam to it yeah but if you listen it's game over yeah this is um yeah, i was about to say this album was very very metaphorical oh yeah mess with your head so find something new every time Exactly. You it, you might not even like fully understand it, even after listening to it a thousand times. It's like it's so drip. It's dripping in metaphors. But I mean, that's he's he's really good at that. And it, yeah, reminds me of J Cole. J Cole does it a lot. Oh, J J Cole. I would say the difference between Kendrick and Cole lies in the fact that Kendrick will warp it enough to make mm-hmm. it a a club track. Yeah, Cole yeah. will warp it enough for everyone to get it on a second listen or yeah. third listen or whenever you turn your ears on mm-hmm. listen, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, Kendrick's like, nah, G, like, I'm going to make you dance to it for three years and then realize what I was saying mm-hmm. the whole time. Because, yeah. I mean, like, from the standpoint of people saying that they didn't understand that racism was in this country or, like, they didn't understand to what extent it was, it's like, listen to this album. Like, he talked about everything that was going on currently. He talked about the systematic things that led him to where he was, his reasons for loving and having this lust for the industry, for all of this money, to have all of these things. Like, he talks about how it it came from this looking around him. It came from being a caterpillar, Mm -hmm. from being the caterpillar and then cocooning himself as a butterfly. Man, we're getting getting deeper. We're on the first track. Shit. I'm getting, I'm on, I'm on mortal man already. (laughs) Um... But uh, the next one is a is an interlude. Yes. So he goes straight from here into an interlude, which I think, in a in a sense, enforces what we just heard on that first track. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know if you have the lyrics pulled up. Um, let me see if I can find a part I'm thinking of. But just the the beginning of how they're talking about all this all these materialistic things. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, I need that Brazilian mm-hmm. wavy twenty eight, and you know, mm-hmm. like, and it's like super materialistic. And then Kendrick comes in with that. This dick ain't free, but he's in like a jazz poetry yeah, setting, yeah. dude. It's crazy. How did you? How do you feel about that track? I mean, like, cause it is a weird style, especially for a rap album, you know? Yeah, I, I remember watching the video too. It's pretty, pretty mm-hmm. like weird video. I actually pulled it up and said that Kendrick said that this is his favorite song on the album. I can believe that. Yeah, it's fun, uh, but it is. It, it's sort of saying like, I get what it's saying. It's like the whole album is basically about like, I think how dealing with like being this famous and like i was reading actually that kendrick before he recorded or between the space of recording good convinced it to this he took a trip to africa and like you said that it like oh, wow. clicked in his head yeah i mean like that and it was like that kind of makes sense yeah <laughs> and he said that he felt like he belonged there he was like all the things that he never learned about his culture and things like that so i think he he really you have that I, that moment, I guess, where it's like, I have all this success, all this fame, all this money. Now what am I going to do with it? Am I going to, like, keep playing the game or am I going to just finally turn the, the the tables against the industry and say, like, you know. Just or say whatever the fuck I want. Exactly. But and, like, make it palatable enough right. that they don't even notice it on the first listen. Right. Exactly. So it's basically an album about how, you know, he doesn't want to be pimped out by the industry he doesn't want to be a slave to the he industry he doesn't want to be another one of the pimped butterflies right exactly exactly he doesn't want his art to be used and that's against what the, that's why it's for free question mark right right because he's just like you want this for free you want right. this song and dance show for right. free you want me to do it so your pockets get fatter right. so like, like he's just sitting there like you go you're like you want me to do this for a mercedes-benz right, right. you want me to do this for some tents mm-hmm. like you want me to do it for those reasons right. like so like the girl in this song is like the industry telling yep. him i want what 
what you have, and then it's like his dick. Here's is basically what I like, here's what I want from you. Right, and his dick is like his 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 talent, his his art is what he has. Um, so yeah, I like it. I, Which I don't is know. so it's so metaphorical that it can be because it, it, it's ah uh, hold on, I'm trying to think of the right words. It's abrasive. Right. If you if you don't want to understand this, if you just take things at face value, mm-hmm. this song is abrasive. Right. Like it is just it's, like whoa! Did yeah. he just say dick that many times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he just say that my dick ain't for free? Like, yeah, yeah. is he talking to a girl in this conversation? Like, if you don't dig deeper to mm-hmm. find the meaning of what he means through this, it doesn't. It it's it's like it sits on the surface so hard. It sits on the surface as one of those tracks you can quote unquote write off. But I'm glad that you know, like he dropped this in a good time in the world where right. we were willing to listen to music, you know, because like this interlude is crazy and it goes right into the next track, which is even crazier right of how of how it even goes i mean the titling of it i remember when this dropped like you know yeah i remember this too i remember this was like a oh shit i need to listen there's two samples in there sorry i've been second to uh single but this is the third single this is the third single first was i uh oh yeah oh that's man when we get to that track yeah love it i is crazy what was the other one all right and then it was it was i black of the berry oh yeah black of the berry was was a single yeah king kunta all right and then these walls Oh wow! Yeah, because these walls, these walls, these walls got singled with a video a year after release. Damn near. Yeah, I remember that because the video was so dope to me. Like I loved seeing the. Oh man, we got to man. Maybe we got to start doing video dives now that we got YouTube. Nice. Maybe that'll be a segment. Ah, oh, don't steal that, people. Um, but King Kunta, man, like this song is one of my favorites for one the flow. Mm-hmm. Like this is where I'm gonna start talking about the bars in here mm-hmm. because the bars on here are hard. The flow switches are insanity. I don't know very many rappers who could do this, mm-hmm. who could handle a track like this, as well as the beat, which is just insanity. The way it comes in, it's old school vibe. You feel yeah. like you're in a Chevy that's got hydraulics. Yeah. Like you feel like you're in a car that's bouncing up and down. Snoop Dogg in the passenger seat passing you a blunt type shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's got a really hardcore vibe to it for him to just bring this up and then put the title King Kunta. Mm-hmm. On it, Kunta Kente. For those who don't know, I'm, I, if you don't, that's a whole different topic for a whole other day. But uh, Kunta Kente was a slave, uh, it's the slave who we talk about in Roots, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, it is insanity to take that story, put it, it, put not only context like this to it, but a hype beat. As we talk about a lot, those songs that have hyper beats but are damn near sad songs mm-hmm. or crazy songs, and then to put King in front of his name. Yeah, King, King Kunta. Kunta. Like, so I mean, like, damn, let's just say something, because I'm just going crazy, because this is one of my favorites. Yeah, and the, the beat is one of the best beats on the album. <laughs> easily, easily. Apparently, the original beat for this was, according to Soundwave, the jazziest record in the world, and Soundwave simplified it by taking out the 10 guitars that he had initially laid on the track. So this is apparently what the beat I want to hear 10 guitars. You got to play something, man. We're, we got you plugged in. That bass line is brought out a little bit more. I think it's a little they choppier. They said they the basically Kunta. recreated a beat by this rapper named Mossberg. Is this the beat they recreated? The... So they said they essentially once they mixed it down, they realized it was pretty close to this beat. It is kind of close. You can, if you slow. It I down can a still bit. hear it, the bass line. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. But I still, oh, yeah. I can still see the Kendrick dance on it. Yeah. Thing. 
Bitch, when you and I was walking, now I run the game, got the whole word talking King Coot to everybody want to cut the legs off. So yeah. It also, it also sounds like a uh, like a like a like a dance song, you know, yeah, like yeah. Uh, like a line dance track yeah, to yeah. me. This reminds me of like G Funk, like like um, a little bit, a little bit of G Funk, like Man. fucking um, my blanking. Nate Dog could be on this or something. Oh wow, dude, yeah, yeah. a Nate Dog. Oh yeah. my god, like if we would have had a Nate Dog hold up in yeah. there instead of the you gold mouth, but I don't know, man. Cause look, let's dive in a little deeper. Yeah, yeah. So, bitch, where are you when I was talking now? Run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kunta, everybody want to cut the legs off him, so they cut off Kunta Kente's feet. Yeah. They cut off his toes, and he still tried to run for his freedom. Mm-hmm. Either way, though, for him to put this in the song. Come on, man. Everybody trying to cut the legs off him. Everybody is trying to to cut the legs off him. Like, that's such a deep metaphor for how he's feeling in the industry in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, dude, for him to say that I feel like you're trying to cut me off here, I, tr- I feel like you're trying to cut away these pieces, but to make a popular track of it, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that half the people who listen to this are really listening to this, man. Yeah. Like, this track is deep. Like, I mean, so his uh, his breakdown, uh, I was going to kill a couple rappers, but they did it to themselves. Everybody's suicidal. They didn't even need my help. Yeah. This shit is elementary. I'd probably go to jail if I shoot at your identity and bounce to the left. Mm. Stuck a flag in my city. Everybody's screaming Compton. I should probably run for mayor when I'm done, to be honest. Like, that's just, like, he like I feel like that's almost stream of consciousness for Kendrick. Like, yeah. that might be how he thinks. Mm-hmm. Like, how he just said that rap in there right. felt so true, you mm-hmm. know? Like, and how it comes in over the beat not being there and then just the bass line creeps in on it. Man, like, that's how you frame the words you want people to hear. Like, it makes people pay attention to that part more intensely. Well, um, this is just, I'm talking about this huge fucking, so the yam line is an What's the yams? Is an allusion to the story, The Invisible Man which in the story, the unnamed narrator is walking down the streets in New York City when he smells yams, triggering memories of his hometown in the South. Um, the yam is used as a symbol of authenticity. The pro, uh, um, well, Dude, the yams are deep. So deep. Dude, the track is deep, man. Like, Jesus for him to just Christ. come in, hey, K-Dog, what's happening? Uh, <laughs> you back in the hood? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um... I did. I fucking. I remember when this first dropped. I loved that he was talking about the goat. Um, Dude, when it dropped, about the bottom bunk in a two man cell. Loved a two man cell. No, I always thought this like was a, a rapper with a ghostwriter. What the fuck happened? Yeah. Oh my god! This to me was a little dig. It, it could be anybody, but I thought it was Drake at the moment. I thought it was too, but the same way how we felt like it was Pusha T on the humble. I mean, yeah. not Pusha T. Uh, Big Sean on humble. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel like once you really get into it, you're like, this song could have been for anybody. Mm. He could have did that for anybody. Like he can, he throws out blanketed statements on the game yeah. so hard. Like he's like, I'm coming at everybody. Yeah. Like this is for everybody, man. And then the uh, just the deep voice in the background that's really cool. I'm trying to think of what it's uh, reminiscent of because it's like that funk, funk. Yeah, yeah. Like I love that deep voice in the background. I've heard it in other tracks before. I can't quite think of where it's used most popularly. I'd say you know like a thriller voice type thing, mm-hmm. like just a, a narrator of your of your song almost, like yeah, somebody yeah. who's there to to keep the track online at least for the listener. Like because when you hear the if I give you the funk, you gonna take it, and then you hear we want the funk. Like the contrast is so awesome it makes you really jam to the song like it's a dance track that's also got a whole bunch of crazy 
truths in it. Yes. Like, he's talking about the game. He's talking about himself. He's talking about how he feels. Like, it's so crazy to be able to do that but also have a track that you, you can play this in the club today. Yeah. Everybody's going to dance, man. It's pretty, yeah. And, it's, and I think the funk also, the funk that comes from this album is really rooted a lot in not only the genre, but, I mean, comp, I mean California with, like I said, G-Funk, like Dr. Mm-hmm. Dre and that whole... People who really combine those Snoop Dogg, like I said, Nate Dogg. He brought the G Funk over G-funk. to the real funk to the right. jazz fusion and right. was like, I'm gonna put it all together and then I'm gonna throw a Michael Jackson reference. <laughs> Annie Ioke, Limo's tenant with the gold plates. Man, straight from the bottom is the motherfucking king, from a peasant to a prince to a motherfucking king. Oh, yeah. And again, Dude. this sort of ties into the whole uh, storyline of the album where it's sort of like um, the enslaved person rising up against. Exactly. And saying, no, you're not in power, I am. And and he, in these first three tracks, it seems very targeted at the music industry. Like, it seems super, I'm talking about you all. But then, and this is a segue, oh, this might be one of the best segues of the show. And then... He talks directly about institutionalized, Mm -hmm. where now he wants to talk about how you are institutionalized in your mind. Mm -hmm. This is not just something that's sitting in the music industry. This is something that goes on across the country. Like he's talking, then he goes on to talk about the institutionalization of all of us. This is now where we break into the caterpillar butterfly theory more of how it's going to make sense when it all ties together at the end of the album. Man, I'm noticing more and more as we go. And then even to talk about G-Funk, Snoop Dogg is on the next track. Yep. Snoop Dogg comes, institutionalized the one that I was talking about with the uh, Anderson Pac sounding, yeah, yeah. Uh, sounding part of it. Let me uh, hear a little clip of this. Right? Oh, God, man. This song is so crazy. Perfect. Oh, my God. Oh, this part right here. Man, man, man. Let me stop before we listen to the whole track. That beat flip. Stupid, dude. The master, take the chains off me. Oh, my God, dude. But this is like, this is more targeted. This is more targeted towards... uh, towards the uh the actual meaning of the album if that makes any sense like now we're getting into i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be a little bit more blatant right we're not gonna hide it as much you know he's actually saying things like master take the chains off me um oh god this is the worst soundboard ever that's (laughs) a soundboard it's two buttons want to put this one into him Literally the only sounds that it makes. Anyway, that's the only sound it makes. <laughs> that's the only sound. Man, need a need a better Kendrick soundboard. Um, but uh, before we go too far away from this, I want to talk about the one line in this song that uh, that I just played really quick uh, for us. But it's the uh, me scholarships know the streets put me through colleges, and this is just him making a reference to how schooling came from the streets. And I think that that's something that a lot of rappers talk about, mm-hmm. like how they were schooled in this setting, in this environment, right. and this is what gets you to hear. For him to uh, for him to just talk about that so uh, so intensely and so candidly is cool to me in a way. Like for him to like go into talking about his institutionalization specifically, he's like, "Well, this is where I was at. This is where circumstances put me. This is what I was born into, mm-hmm. and this is how I got through it. I looked at this as my schooling. Mm-hmm. This is where I learned my life lessons, how to move, how to get through things, and how other people." People do not 
receive this same teaching. They receive different teachings. They see the world in a completely different way. You have your butterflies over here. You got the caterpillars that are dropped into these hoods here that just devour what's around them. And this is him eating up the information that is around him. So, I mean, like, dude, this is crazy. But Bilal. Sorry. Oh, Bilal again. I, I keep, I think of, um, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I've never seen this. Um, I think when the album's coming out or his promo rollout, he did a performance with Stephen Colbert. Of oh, you're talking about the Untitled? One of the Untitled. And or I the just, compilation one. It was, he was, I forgot what was song Thundercat there? It was Thundercat, Anna Wise, Bilal. Oh, that was, yeah, that was the combination of all the songs. Is that the one you're talking about yeah. where they did a few of them? And he with like, the screens everywhere? The way he like rolled out everybody's name, he was, I just like saying it that way. Dude, I just, goes, I like the way he did that Lau. performance. Though. I like yeah, how no. he did that performance. I though. love, I remember I heard that and I was obsessed it with makes it. You, it makes you just want to go, oh my God. And then it made him, like, it, I'm not going to say it made him, it probably sparked the idea for the Jazz Fusion tour. Where he where, where he that. brought the entire dude. I man, I kick myself every that? day because Rodder went. He went? Where and, was it? And dude, so it, it was uh, dude, like twenty sixteen, uh, twenty fifteen, whatever our freshman year of college was. Yeah. But like uh Rodder was like, You wanna go? And I was like, Nah, dude, I'll probably catch the next one. I said, I'll probably catch the next one. Dude, I was so mad at myself. Like, that's what that's how I ended up at the Kyle show. It was probably me still just being like, shit, I can't miss another one, dude, because yeah. I missed that one. I could have went with him to Kendrick, and I should have gone, dude, because I feel like hearing a song like Institutionalizer or These Walls Live with a live band, dude, mm -hmm. like chills. Chills, man. Because uh, Bilal and Anna Wise are also on the next track with Thundercat, the person we were just talking about. Yeah. That is more of a actual segue of how I do them. I, mean to do Lil, I was like, Lil Wayne's not even on this <laughs> album. I don't think, and there's any cash money people no, on this album. <laughs> or young money people. But uh, these walls, we were talking about it a bit before we got into it, man. But I mean, like, so you were talking about this track, so I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take over this one because I'll be talking too much Is about these choice? tracks. Uh, no, these, these walls. walls. Yeah, the next one because you were talking these about walls. this, uh, the craziness of it. This might be next to King Kunta, one of the best beats on the album. Yeah. The groove on this one is different. Oh my God, it's so different. I just gotta hear a little, little little beginning, man. Dude, the way they, dude, like, man, that little, that little just, yeah. oh man, dude, that puts me in a place. He's also the, the, the Mike. Person who sings. She's also the person who sings on Money Trees. I knew that, that one. Yeah, she, her voice has been used before. There's a couple people who like to, who are the real Kendrick conspiracy theorists. <laughs> who can tie all of this together. I'm talking Sorry, like I'll every go. use of Anna Wise's voice. They can tie that to something. You know what I'm saying? Anna Wise. Like every time every time they use, every time Kendrick uses her on a track, it's supposed to mean something, and she's supposed to be speaking from that same perspective every time. That's what somebody in a theory that I was listening to one day came up with. Mm. I'd have to dive into that one more. Uh, I'm definitely here for it. I think Kendrick yeah. is that deep of an artist. Where it's like a, yeah, I can't use the same people on every track, or I can't, like, he has his auxiliary players, but he has his only sometimes players. Mm. But I mean, like, so this track, uh, what are your feelings on it, Mudgy? It's about fucking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's about fucking. Because well, that's, the, that's the overlay. The overlay. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, that's. But it's definitely. It's top all about moaning, moaning swim involved. Good. No boat, I feel better than he would. No life jacket. Okay, so he's talking about. Fucking, but of course you no know. No lifeguard. I'm not the god of Nazareth. Good one. He ain't going. 
He's not going to split this river here. No, he's going in. He's diving. Jumping. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, um, bah, fucking. But, you know, could mean a lot more. Interior pink. I mean, come on. Uh, Interior pink. Uh, Color coordinated. I interrogated every nook and cranny. That's hilarious. That's why I think so, to dive into some deeper... Maybe conspiracy. We don't know what Kendrick actually might have meant. Maybe you got to if you could find something about what Kendrick said. I mean, I mean you're usually good at going, usually good at deep. finding those. Yeah, because I was like, this track would have to get so much deeper. Yeah. If he's talking about this, I would assume it lays somewhere within talking about him trying to get into every section of the game. You know what I'm right. saying? Where it's like a I I fell in this trap. I came in and I was like, I'm here for it. You you bedazzled me. It worked. I was in all of it, mm-hmm. and I'm noticing, like, oh, God, I'm not the only one. Like, right, if right. these walls could talk, do you know what they would say? Mm-hmm. Do you know what they would say about what I did to the game, what my homies did to the game, what's being done to the game currently? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm going too deep. Maybe I'm thinking too deep here. You right. know what I'm saying? But I think it could be even that deep. Like, uh, let me find uh, a quote that I was thinking of. Um. My decision, knock these walls down, that's my religion. So, like, I mean, he's saying that, like, this is this is my job. This is what mm-hmm. I love. This is what I pray. That's why I think that mu- it's music. I right. think that I think that this one might be a song that leans more towards music than it does. And I'm not going to say the world because he talks about the world and all of it. Even if you're talking about the music industry, you're talking about people and how they act. But, like... I think that this song leans more into talking about his own personal struggles in the music industry or his own personal sights that he saw when he got there, you know? Is there something deeper about it or something I'm this missing what, entirely? This is what Genius says, the first verse. The woman in the song is the baby mama of the man who killed Kendrick's friend, the story detailed in Sing About Me. Kendrick makes this connection explicit in the third verse. With her ex-love in jail, she gets horny. She's getting horny and wants to know. Oh, my God, I understand walls. what you're talking about. Yeah, but what's the she? Oh, so hold on, hold on. So I'm about to tie it in, make it deeper. Um, let me let me double check one thing so I don't pull out uh, random information here. Um, is Anna Wise on Sing About Me? Yes, she is. Okay, so here we go. go. This is what makes this deeper. This is what makes this deeper. Let's jump into the conspiracy side of things. So once we get like a real soundboard, maybe we need a conspiracy sound. Um, But so Anna Wise, the one uh, so on Sing About Me, I would assume that that's the same voice. So it's supposed to be the same person there in this sense. You know, like Anna Wise is supposed to be that same person from Sing About Me in a sense. We might have to break down and like actually dive into the track here. Here's the theory sound. Uh, conspiracy deeper conspiracy yeah, theory. Conspiracy um, so if that's so if that's supposed to be the sense of it, then it makes more sense when you go with the, uh, she just wants to close her eyes and sway. Now you're talking about her in the third person, meaning that like she is the one who who is the baby mama of the dead uh, guy. Hold on, I'm th- let me get my thoughts together to sound smarter than this. Okay, so her being the baby mama in this scenario, Kendrick is now going to then have sex with her, mm-hmm. is what I would assume. Yeah. And he's just like, well, shit, then, oh, my God, wait, hold on. Man, that's deep. It's pretty deep. I can, I can draw it in my head, but I don't know if I can explain it. Yeah. I don't know if I can explain how I got here to where I'm at in thought process. But if you, if you think about the song now, 
it all makes more sense. But then it's Kendrick Lamar, so you know it's got to have another undertone well, to, to it. Well, to me, it, what really caught me when I was I was cleaning, I remember I was making my bed, and this is what caught me was these lines. So when you play this song, remind the first verse about me abusing my power so you can hurt, about me and her in the shower whenever she horny, about me and her in the after hours of the morning, morning, about her baby daddy currently serving life, and how she think about you until we meet in up jail, at night. Not dead when I said that earlier, yeah. And about the only girl that cared about you when you asked her is now... It's now fucking on your favorite rap. Oh, my God. <laughs> so to me, that is more so we're going back to the industry of like... And he ended up either in a position of, and he was abusing his power. And then, the, ah, the, uh, the poem. Yeah. Oh, God, break it down, man. You're, you're finding the words that I could not find. Yeah. So to me, that goes, it ties back to the industry. Either when a rapper literally is in jail or, like, when a rapper is the slave who's in jail who, like, gets lost On in the industry. On either side of this. Right, because really the, the whole, Kendrick is so obsessed and so, like, or realized he was so obsessed with, like, how much you get obsessed with this game and, like, trying to win and trying to, like, this is like a rat race in here in this fucking game. And he's basically saying how like these this industry will fuck any rapper really. It'll show attention like, to everybody. Doesn't at some matter. Point. Doesn't matter who because you are. He said like I I got to this point and I was abusing my power while full of resentment. Yeah. Whoa. So he's like the game will make you do shit you didn't even want to do because you're just noticing you have the power to do it. Like some would say, girls would do that in a world. A- anybody can do it to you, but I'm well, saying. Well, yeah, like, I mean, like, because if you, you, if you think love, about the promotions for this album, when he says yeah. like, uh, "Pussy rules the world," "Pussy is everything," like, and he just talks about like, "Pussy's everywhere on Instagram," "Pussy," and they're like, so there's yeah. like, if you watch the, uh, there's like a cinematic type video for this album that goes along with it that was dropped like a year after, mm-hmm. and it has these quick flashing screens, and when you pause them, they say insane things like what I was just saying. So those lines are like in the video, like yeah, you yeah. got to pause like on milliseconds, mm-hmm. man. We were watching it half speed, hitting pause quick as right. shit, and like. When you see them, it's like, that's insane. Because, yeah. I mean, he's talking about both sides of it. He talks about his side of it where he is controlling because of his power, right. but how the power that women has is also their hanging as well. So right. maybe that's another section of this album yeah, to I even think, listen from that aspect. Yeah, I think you can, like, you, it's you, it's like it's 2D or 3D. 2D, you can view it as songs about him having sex with a girl. 3D, you can see it as... His his words about sex really means more about like the industry and how like even like making love to like it's just like it's, it, it shit takes over. It's almost like an animal instinct. It's like you lose you you do things that you never thought you'd do for for banana. Yeah, and, like exactly. And, like, You're you, like wow, I just did that. I right. just made an entire fool of myself. I but just then, did this. I I got power just so I could do this. Right, and you get post nut clarity. Which is talks in the first song goes yep. until I get my nut, so you sort of get back to your normal self. But you you fight and you fucking claw to get to the place that you want to be. Like I got up here, there, I got my bread, and now everything makes sense to me. Right. So that is what I think. This this is a fucking loaded song. It is, man. But what's more loaded, in my opinion, which is my favorite song on this album, I'm transitioning into it. Hey, um, segue. Um, is you? I think you is an amazing. Song. I was about to ask. So, when you listen to this song, uh, do you listen to it from the perspective of yourself? So, like I, Kendrick talking to himself. So, when you hear it, you speak it to yourself in a sense. May, I mean, every time I feel like I feel like shit. I feel like you, I'm not doing enough. That's or I didn't do it, or I'm not. You know. So, like or when I, I hear much. this, like the loving you is complicated. I almost see him flipping it back and forth on him. 
Well, to me, well, but also like with the underlying, and this is the deeper, later aspect of it, but the the deeper aspect of Tupac yeah. being the other person he's speaking to in these mm. poems of these albums. Is there oh. a possibility that this song is directed towards? Are you saying Pop? like it's hard to under it's hard to accept that your hero is flawed? It's hard to accept that your hero is flawed. Yeah. So loving you is complicated. I place blame on you still. I place shame on you still. Um, well, so he situations where your little sister's baking a baby inside a teenager, where's your patience? Where's the influence you speak of? You preached in front of 100,000 people but never reached her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, fucking failure, you ain't no leader. I never liked you despite you. I don't fucking need you. It's almost like somebody's yelling at their dad. Well, no. You know what I'm saying? Because it it's, like, it's like, I fucking love you, but I hate you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I, what I viewed it as, which is, like, the most, was very personal. It's like him, I think there is a small video. There's, like, a... The video, but it's not the video for this. It's for this. It's fucking. It's called something else. I think it's called "Loving You Complicated" or something like that. God, something. God's in the title. But what I saw it as, if I were to create the video, was like Kendrick got super drunk, like not fun drunk, lost his mind just in a hotel thinking. room by himself, and just was staring into the into the mirror and just screaming at the mirror. I place blame on you still. Yeah, because the whole you. album... You ain't no leader, like, just drinking out the I remember bottle. when I first heard this fucking song, <laughs> it was when the album had dropped, I was sitting at my desk and I cried. I remember I started crying. Dude, this song is deep. Because, like, I've never heard a rapper cry rap like that. Oh, yeah, like, drunk, drunk cry rap. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, you it's hear like the bottles clanging. My emotional state is at an all-time insanity point yeah, right he's now. Like, I am it crazy. Like, I don't even know how you capture that energy in the studio. Yeah, he's like, like how do you manic tell, episode. How do you, as a, like, I'm engineer, this yeah. side of the board, You're hey, like, we, oh. need a, we need another take. Yeah. Can you, uh, can you do that twice? Like, do you need more Hennessy, <laughs> more Douce, what you drinking? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's such a raw verse. Like, I mean, for him to hit the part, uh, uh, the world don't need the world don't need you. Don't let them deceive you. Numbers don't numbers lie too. Fuck you. Fuck your pride. That's for dedication. Mm-hmm. Like what? Thought money would change you, but it made you more complacent. But it made you more complacent. Like that's one where I'm like, so are you talking about yourself? Or are you talking about your heroes? Are you talking about the people yeah. you look up to? Or are you talking about you? Like. I mean, dude, like now that I really think about it, it's yeah. like crazy because when you uh, when you get to uh, he has the, the flip track named I. Yeah. So maybe this one is towards him. Maybe it's not towards him. I've always thought about it being towards him literally until this conversation we're having currently. So like huh. what I'm saying is like new developed theory on could he be talking to Pac? Could be talking to Pac. To me, it was more so just like suicidal, like those moments where you just lose your fucking cool and you just start to like second guess everything. Like he's feeling bad that his sister was pregnant. And, like, he was able to tour around the world and, like he said, speak to 100,000 people, but you couldn't reach one person mm-hmm. because he feels like maybe he could have uh, stopped his his his, da- his daughter, his, his sister. Uh, sister from getting pregnant at such an early age. And I like how he says, loving you, loving you, not loving you, 100 proof. To me, that's, like, the alcohol fixes it. doesn't fix it, but it gets rid of the problem. It's like, fuck it. I don't know if I'm yeah. loving you. It's not 100 See, now, proof. now that I'm going deeper, so I'm, I'm reading deeper into the lyrics of the second verse right now while he's talking about his homies. Uh, he's like, who's in a third surgery, couldn't stop the bleeding. Uh, he died. God, God, God himself will say, you fucking failed. Yeah. Like saying, like, man, just to get to that point where yeah. you're so low that you're saying that, like, even if I could talk to my God right now, yeah, yeah. he would say you failed. 
Like, that's a low-ass point. I mean, just to go deeper into what you were saying about, like, just the him wrapping it in a mirror or, like, him being in that position of thinking he could have stopped something. Yeah. Like, thinking he could have prevented crazy, it with his man. presence. Yeah. Oh, my God, this, man. This, these are the lines that made me, like, fucking, like... I remember I was crying and my jaw was, like, dropped the entire time. I'm fucked up, but I'm, I ain't as fucked up as you, which is, like, cool double entendre because he's literally fucked up on alcohol. Mm-hmm. But I'm not as fucked up as you. And I mean, if he's just, talking to himself, that's even crazier. Yeah. That's it's even like, crazier. Well, he, really, he really lost his cool. You just can't get right. I think your heart made it bulletproof. Should have killed your ass a long time ago. You should have felt that black revolver blast a long time ago. And if those mirrors could talk, they'd say you gotta go. Just like. Oh, God, dude. That just get, dude, to think about this song even yeah. deeper in this moment, man. Like, I told your secrets the world will money will know. Dude. That money. That no fuck. money can't stop a suicidal weakness. Man, and this could even like tie. Oh my god! This is almost like like Biggie's uh, suicidal thoughts. Yep. Where it's like you know you, no matter how famous and rich you are, you still have these feelings. No matter how successful you are, you can still. I'm gonna just play the last part real quick. I have to. I Dude, to go that. for the way it, he's man. Just, and the way it builds with the fucking saxophone or whatever's in the back. Fuck. <laughs> See, it sounds weird. That part, I was like... Man, that's just one of those rapper vulnerable tracks, G. Yeah. Like, he just threw it out there. He just threw it out there. Yeah. He threw it out there. Man, that's so crazy. That's such a good track. And then, like, I feel like that's such a, that might be the darkest part of the album for, for him personally. I will say that we're going to go deeper into darker parts of society, darker parts of being black in America. But for him personally, that's deep. But for him to immediately switch the vibe, immediately switch the vibe, because we're both talking about how deep that track is. You sit at your computer crying with a jaw drop, and then we immediately dot, 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 dot. All's my life I had to fight, nigga. And I think... Uh, personally, just speaking from someone who's been in a deep, dark place before, that's that's that, like, when you finally get out of it. Mm-hmm. That's that, damn, like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Everything's fucked up. Who cares now? Mm-hmm. I got to just deal with the fact that everything's fucked up, but everything's going to be good in some way or another. But even the song All Right is like, gee, it's fucked up still. Like, yeah. like let's not get it confused. That's I think, I think that's what I like so much about the next track, man. Like, man. Pharrell Williams. That's Pharrell? I had no clue. I had no clue, man. man. It makes sense. The we going to be all... Fun fact. Let's just go into it now. Um, That's kit. I know what he's using. It's a Logic Pro. um, It's like a quartet voice piano thing. That's how how he gets the da's. Yeah, but hold on. Oh, wait. No, I used that instrument on track before. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's like a a symphony. I can't fucking speak. 
What is it fucking called? What are you going for? Church people. Choir. There you go. Wow. God damn it. Anyway. Church people? um, He uses the same as another produced by Pharrell um, song. It's a a, uh, Rick song. Tell me if it sounds similar. It's the same instrument. Exact same instrument. Yeah, except it's pitched up more and it's yeah. da, da, da. Oh, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. This track is just so stupid. I mean, this is another good beat. I don't know if he missed with the beats anywhere, to be honest, if we're being 100, even on the Untitled, which, man, that might have to be a different episode just to get into those, too. But uh, all right, the way he comes into the beat, uh, the I recognize you looking at me for a pay cut. Like, man, like, that's when I think that's him going like, okay, look, I can't be out here feeling bad for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, a couple of these, I might be able to sit down and be like, okay, I could have fixed something. But, mm-hmm. like, some of y'all really just, like, looking at me. And then the next line immediately, immediately, but homicide be looking at you from the face down. Mm-hmm. My boy Mac 11 even booms with the bass down. Mm-hmm. Man. Like, the wordplay here. Insanity, dude. Like he painted a picture. That's that's two lines. That's two lines. Picture painted. Packed. These are really packed lines. Dude, this the whole album's tight. Like if we're talking about just wasted bars, I don't know if I don't know if I could find one where it's like you should have put something there. Yeah. Like it's like nah, he used all the space he needed. Twenty of them in a Chevy Telemar come and get me. We were talking about last time we were together, how a rapper we we're talking we we're just writing songs, but a rapper could rap about like pussy and stuff and like his mom. Whatever. Oh yeah, like how do you how do you play that song for your mom? That's what I like. Oh shit! Yeah. Tell my mama I love her, but this is what I like. Lord knows. Yeah. Man, that's actually insane because I always wonder that. Like, I mean, just as a person who like has written music before, you know what I'm saying? You could yeah. squeeze it in so that it's not gonna break. Yeah, you gotta like okay. give it a good, give it a click in. This, um, uh, this has milk in it. It has milk. Oh wow! So, so I'm you're. Just having, I'm, I'm, having a battle right um but like this track uh where are we going with that before the milk lucy yeah lucy okay so just to dive deeper into this so now i want to i want to look at it from the african-american in america perspective Mm -hmm. like being black in america because he has this line and this is the line i was looking for the uh what you want you a house you a car 40 acres and a mule piano a guitar see my name is lucy uh i could do you dog like Mm -hmm. and it's just like motherfucker you can live at the mall like i can see the evil I could tell it's evil. I know that it's illegal. He's talking about the struggle that a lot of people face of color, a lot of people of color face in this country, where it's like, am I going to attempt to make it in a system I know is not created for me, mm-hmm. or am I going to go, fuck it, I see the way to get it right there. Mm-hmm. I see the illegal method to get it because this country has put the illegal method in front of me mm-hmm. way more than it has put the illegal method in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Like, that gets to his caterpillar perspective. Mm-hmm. The if, if I drop you in the hood, if I drop, if I drop, if I put the caterpillar here, it's gonna eat whatever's around it. That's what it's gonna do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna consume the negative here, and I'm gonna think that I need to be negative as well. I'm gonna mm-hmm. think that there's no, there's no other side of this. Like I have not seen a better side of this. All I hear is people talk about it, but like, how am I supposed to get it? You know, mm-hmm. like even this goes back to him talking about his schooling is the streets. Like how he felt, how, what led him to being like, I know it's illegal, but like. I like I want to do it uh cuz what does he say the next line is that I don't think about it I deposit every other zero mm-hmm. like I like 
it's it's it, it's hard to see it as illegal when it's something that's so normalized in your community. Right. When right. it's something where it's like, yeah, they put drugs in the community, and like somebody had to sell the drugs, somebody had to do the drugs. Like, yeah. and that's really where it's set. And it was like, I don't think about it like that because this is what I've been exposed to my whole life. I grew up in this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw it this way. This is the way it was presented to me. How am I supposed to? I'm supposed to do something different than that. Right. And it's crazy because like the track is that deep, but it's also saying we're gonna be good. We're gonna make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. It's that deep from those. That's another two bar. That's that right. deep. That's that compact, man. Craziness. Wow. What? This track was for fabulous. Stop. Stop. What would he have done with it? I'll tell you right fucking now. What would, he has a track? We got a piece of it. Can we play him a piece on the show? Because it doesn't spell correctly. Fabulous. Fabulous. Oh, fabulous. Mm-hmm. Is this it? Oh, this is it. This is what it's supposed to, this is what this track would have sounded like. In fabulous. You don't even know. Every day a so-called friend turn foe. Nigga, nimmer we was in a yo. Talking about how they don't want to see you blow. Nigga, then you... Did Kendrick borrow a little bit? Who went first? Nigga, had to switch up the flow. Now I gotta stay on the grind, but come on, nigga, we gonna be alright. I'm gonna look into this. <laughs> Can we get a deep dive? Actually, I'm gonna upload some footage. We're gonna come back and chop okay. it back together. Let's do a deep dive on that and come right back in on that point. All right with Fabulous. <laughs> Dude, it's So the track has some, some uh, similar thematic things. And I mean, we were talking because you were trying to look more know. about it. I was like, what if Kendrick wrote it? He could have written it. Or Pharrell slid it to him. Or yeah, Fabulous might have. He might have been like, yeah, going through his laptop. And Kendrick was like, wait a second, what's that? Hold up, hold up. Yeah, and he was like, oh, Fabulous has, but he's not gonna do anything with it. And Kendrick was like, I like that hook. Me add to it. I mean, even not even the hook. Let's say the intro because the intro to Nuka. Yeah. When our pride was low, looking to where yeah. like he he inv- he has more inflection on it. Mm-hmm. I'd say Fabulous song is more happy. Yeah, which is crazy a rapper, because it's a this rapper is song. still a, a happy. Right. song. Right, it is. Like, but Fabulous' version is more flexy. It's more like, yeah. I got it and I got it. But this one is like, I'm telling you that I got it, but I'm not quite proud. Yeah. Or, I'm, or it's not that I'm not proud. It's that I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about how I got it. Right. Like, cause I, like even the part when he's saying, like, uh, like Lucy told me I can get it illegally. Like, he's like, I'm not, not that I'm proud of it, not that I'm not proud of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just analyzing how I had to get it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Fabulous is like, I'm here. I got it. We're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I want to know more. If I could ask Pharrell, to be one of my millions of questions. Yeah, Pharrell. you know, dude, we'll get him on the podcast, you know. Soon. Somebody from this camp probably listening right now. Please. Get us that Pharrell interview. Please. But uh, to continue deeper before we make these people sit through three hours of album review. Yes. For sale, man. Um, His interludes are songs. Jesus, Kendrick. Like, his interludes just make you actually... His song, like... I don't like. I've never heard an interlude this as deep as as the first sale track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, cause I mean, it's like the my name is Lucy Kendrick. And you introduced me, Kendrick. Like, like he's he's putting something so much deeper in this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so much deeper than just the basics of an interlude. Like, sometimes when I think interlude, I think not Kanye esque, but even weaker in yeah. some sense. Especially in what year was this album? Twenty fifteen. 2015, 20, yeah, 2015, I wasn't thinking about interludes in this deep of a manner, you know? Yeah. That's I mean, not what it was. Really quick, uh, what if 
Fabulous had the verse, didn't have the hook. Heard the hook after it was famous. Put on a remix later on. Just added the hook. Oh yeah, if that was the case, then ich. Yeah. Anyway. Then I don't. Then it's then it's not interesting, dude. Come on. No. I was watching a Joe Rogan with Andrew Schultz, and he was like, "We live for trying to know the truth. We live for thinking it's deeper." So uh, I'm gonna go with the thinking it's deeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. But it could be that basic. You're not wrong. Yeah. It could literally just be like. Yeah, nah, dude, like, I heard it after, put the chorus back on it, flipped it up, kept the verse. But uh, to dive deeper into this for sale, uh, this is him, like, literally talking to the devil. Yeah. (laughs) Just to to put some perspective on it. Like, it's him getting introduced to the devil at a young age. And I love this uh, this wordplay. Well, not wordplay. It's the, the way the line is. Can't, fuck it. I just like the line. Smoking, loking, drinking the potion. You can see me swerving. Oh, my God, dude. When you just hear that, like, uh, after it comes in, this one, uh, smoking, loking, drinking the potion. You can see me swerving. That is some fun rap right there. How do you write that? How the fuck do you write that, man? And, like, so, like, I'm assuming when he says, like, I remember you took me to the mall one day, baby, is that him going to the mall with the devil? Like, I'm about to hit these licks. I'm about to, like, like you took me to the mall, so, like, I'm coming here to steal. Like, is yeah. that the case? Hold on. Let's, let's hit, a, hit, a, hit a whole. There's Go, man. Version. Fall into it. I'm Christ. Sorry, I turned up no, the input. Output. I mean. Um, so originally this <clears throat> was on a Flying Lotus beat. This I'm never gonna find it. Capillaries. Is this something from the song? Yeah. So this was originally. Doesn't fucking matter. God, I hate when I do this. <laughs> what are you explaining though? Okay. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> let me explain it. I, I don't talk. Um, <laughs> oh no! The original no version, if you would have found it, it would have made sense. I think I know yeah. what you're talking about or alluding to. Um, Kendrick Lamar. It originally rapped, or there was a version of this song Kendrick Lamar had made on uh, a fly low beat. Fly low beat called Here We Go. I found it, I guess. My name is Lucy Kendrick. You Man, so Whoa. dude, like, dude, just like, so I feel like, that I feel like listening great. to listening to that version almost just made me appreciate these words more, dude. Because now I'm listening, listening, listening. Like that was ears on, dude. And for him to uh, just talk about the devil in that way, talking about Lucifer, Lucy, like how he's like sitting here with these thoughts. Like he's saying, he's he's speaking about his introduction into this from the perspective of not chasing it. And this is an institutionalized thing. So man, stay yeah. with me, stay with me. But like, if this is ingrained in his brain, so he right. talks about how at a young age, so we've already referred to how he's talked to a, uh, Lucy at a young age in the album. Right. How like, this has been a constant battle in his life. And instead of framing it how some people would as people who grow up in bad situations do bad things because it's like yada yada whatever he's like no dude this is an opposing force 
this is something that he's fighting. This is something that, oh, this connection lost on my keyboard in the other room. Mm. But, um, like, he's talking about how this is something that he's fighting. This is something where he's like, dude, like, no, like, my hand was held through this process. Don't right. think that I just went ahead and did this. Uh -huh. Like, I'm not crazy. I didn't, I didn't chase these things because it was even something I wanted to chase. I chased it because it's it's, I thought it was something I needed. Like, cause I mean, he's saying like, I even heard on your first album when you talked about when you, when you had those prayers going loosely, yeah. but it didn't matter. Cause at the end of the day, you pursue me mm. at the end of the day, it didn't matter. You were going to come back to this side of it. Right. I ingrained in you enough for you to want to come back and dude, like that is crazy. Cause he's Jesus saying like, Lord. do you see all these things you put in front of me? Yeah. You, I can move my mom out of the out of the hood. I can get this money. I've always been thinking about, mm. I can do all these things that I've been thinking about. Like, and I'm trying to attribute it to God. Mm-hmm. But you're like, it don't even matter. You're going to eventually come back. And that talks to uh, your point on these walls when he was saying how, like, it's not even something he wanted to do. Right. Man, and we also just ended up talking real deep about an <laughs> interlude that we thought was going to be talking about for a couple minutes. I'm going to listen to an interlude later. Holy shit. That's fucking, that Dude, that's crazy. I just heard that deeper than I've ever heard that yeah, before. And that beat is very, like, it's a little darker. That beat made it, made it a little bit more intense. Dark. It puts you in the vibe. Kind of scary. It kind of made you feel like he was talking to the devil right next to you. Like this yeah. conversation is happening, and you're not supposed to hear it. Yeah. Like I'm not supposed to be here. Like yeah. my name is Lucy Kendrick. You introduced me, Kendrick. Oh my God! I'll like, one more time. dude, can we talk about? How, hold on, dude. We're not going to hold people much longer on this for sale. But I ride shotgun with the shotgun. Jesus, take the wheel. But I'm talking to the devil. Can we think about the in-depthness of that scene? Oh, or dark. the school bell that happens in the middle that pauses his verse, yeah. almost like he had to go to class. Maybe yeah. we're thinking too deep. Maybe I'm thinking too deep. It's Maybe it's not everybody. It's Maybe it's not everybody out. thinking this deep, but that's how deep I just heard that shit. Yeah. Like, dude, that school bell makes that even deeper. Because, like, is this what a... What if he's on the playground? A, you know what I'm saying? He's like, like, he's, he's, like, he's like, I was... Because, I, I mean, so... To, to go deeper into it and not sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist, yeah. to put a song, to put a bell into a song intentionally. So if that school bell was put there intentionally, it would mean something like, "This I was at a young age when I put these thoughts together. Mm -hmm. This is not something that my my adult brain, like frontal lobe, developed had. This is something where when I was a child, mm -hmm. this was in my brain." Notice. We'll link it. We'll link it. Shoot me the, uh, just Hell shoot it to yeah. me in a text. I'm going to listen to that beat later. Yeah, dude, that shit's crazy. Because I think that makes the song so much deeper. And I mean, like, I, back to how this album was for the palatable ear. Um, this was, no, not for the palatable ear. The ear, it was it was made to be palatable. Mm. So it was made for people to listen to it and almost not catch the vibe. I think that song is too, too abrasive for this album. Honestly, you have to put it in a for sale sense and get people to hear it that way later. Because my thing is, I feel like both of us, both of us listen to this album intensely. Yes. And for us to hear that beat and go, wow, those lyrics sound different, yeah. there's another level of this track. All it tells me, there's another level to this album. Yeah. There's another level to this album. I want to go back and peep every feature about Lucy and mm -hmm. hear them and imagine them in that dark of a context. But either way, man, diving in deeper, G. Diving in deeper. Mama. Mama. There are no lyrics listed for this on Apple Music. Is this just, is this just, I mean, like, so I always thought of it as the vibe track, you know what I'm saying? But, like, there's, like, does it, is there anything listening on Genius about this song? Because on mine, it doesn't, like, I don't know, this just went information dead on here. I want to get, I'm curious before we start diving. It doesn't have a lot of words, but, like, it has verses. Produced by Knowledge. Who? Knowledge. Ooh. It sounds knowledgey. The, the 
the, the click. Yep. Is that Anderson? That's Anderson in the back on the on the vocal sample. Wait, he might be on in the background. The sample knowledge is using sounds like Anderson. That oh, 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 that's Anderson all day, G. And I mean, they're close enough friends for knowledge to have a bank of Anderson unreleased vocals on yeah. the computer. Like they're close enough for that. That's definitely Anderson though. Like I'm standing on that word. Is that is it listed? If it's uncredited, I'll go on Genius right now and make it. Cause G, I know like that right there, bro. We play it. it has to be. You don't know. Yeah. That sounds Actually, like Anderson Pog. Could have been like a Anderson song that he didn't want. I'm standing. I'm standing yeah. on that <laughs> right there. But you know, this vibe is nice. I like this track. Um, does there? But is there any? The, the, are the lyrics listed on Genius? I'm yeah. sure they are. Okay, cool. Because they're not listed on my my Apple Music for some mm-hmm. reason. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how do you feel about this track? This is one of the more tamer of, yeah, al- of the tame. entire album. Like this one is like a. And pause for vibe so that we can make sure everyone is yeah. sane, especially with what happens after this. But, like, I don't know if I have very many notes on this track specifically, especially with just where we are in this album and that deep dive on For Sale. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can go as deep on Mama. <laughs> um, maybe maybe we'll just make a pledge to come back to it one day if we ever find anything dope out about it. Apparently Mama is, like, talking about the motherland. Yeah, so that's probably one of his songs from when he went to Africa. That's probably why it got included. Yeah. It might have been written even there. He wanted a vibe from there. I mean, I'd pull right. knowledge out for a vibe of that nature, you know? Mm-hmm. He could give you like a sunrise on an, uh, on a ten- on a Tanzanian sky <laughs> vibe, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but just to jump into the next track, also for time's sake, so we're not sitting here with yep. everybody, because we do have deep dives on these other tracks here. Hood Politics. This Get track... That. If yeah. this track does not tell you about America, yeah. then you are you don't know where we live. <laughs> you don't you don't know where we live. Like honestly, I can't I can't accept the fact that you live in the same country as me if you don't understand this song. When the first time I listened to this album and I heard him say, Ain't nothing new but a but a uh hold on man, I don't even want to fuck the line. I can't fuck the line up. I cannot. Uh Actually, I, I know it now. Uh, ain't nothing new but a flow of new Democrats and Rebloodicans. A red state versus a new state with a, versus a blue state. Which one you get? I still fuck the lineup either way. But either way, man, that is so intense to me. Yeah. To put politics into gang culture references, mm-hmm. in, in for it to all make sense, it's like, dude, what is what what is politics with two gangs? Yeah. What is it? Red versus blue too. Red versus blue. Yeah. That it, it's even deeper when you put it that way, because mm-hmm. then it makes you look at gangs and go, what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, in, for him to name the song Hood Politics, mm-hmm. Red versus Blue, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. When we come down to it, we're looking at maps trying to see which is red, which is blue. Mm-hmm. That's just real shit. And it's that deep, man. And I love the, I've been A1 since day one, you niggas boo-boo. Mm-hmm. Your homegirl, your block that you're from, boo-boo. Your baby mama and your new bitch, nigga, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. We was 14 in the, uh, in the hood with the dudes, dudes 14 years later going hard like we used to on the dead homies. Like... He's talking about like this is this is more gangster Kendrick. Yeah, this is like some I don't get no fuck about no politics and rap, my nigga. Like he immediately just went this song right here. I don't care if this is the content you all like. This is a content flip for him too. Yeah, it's a content flip. Like gotta get in that bag. This was this is not what we were getting originally. This is music you can't drop as a freshman album because the industry won't quote unquote like it. 
You can't give people this energy off jump. And the line, critics want to mention that they miss when hip-hop was <laughs> rapping. Motherfucker, if you if did, you w- then Killer Mike would be platinum. Man, I watched a video of Killer Mike just talking about that salute recently. Yeah. And he was just like, Kendrick is a young lion. So he was like, mm-hmm. that's, that's respect. Mm-hmm. He was like, I felt that bar. But I mean, like, if we're being honest, did he lie? No. Did he lie? If you cared about rap, yeah. Killer Mike would be platinum. If you fucking cared, dude, like this track, like he, this exposes the industry, this exposes the country. This is the tie-in. This ties in these mixed tracks that we've been getting in the in the album. We've been getting industry, how black people feel everywhere, how black people feel in the industry, how black people feel everywhere. Now we're like, hey, G, let me show you how they're the same. Let me show you how I feel this way in here, how I feel this way in the hood, how I feel this way in the government. This song breaks down politics on every level and relates them. Mm-hmm. It breaks down the politics of the rap game. Politics of dude, come on, like this is too real. I don't, I don't know if I can name another song that's this all encompassing for me to just point to and say like, oh, you want to know how we operate? Listen, we don't give the right credit in the right places. Government ain't nothing but some gangs. Yeah, and we're all doing the same thing. We all clicked up doing the same thing. Puta wanna Fuck. squabble with me, barrio. Come on, man. Tell them they can run it for the cardio. The rap, man. We could do a whole separate episode just breaking down the flows of this album. Yeah, he, he's, such, he's really good at switching flows. I mean, so the part where he says the LAPD, the LAPD gambling, scrambling, football players number slander. I love the way he does that. Everywhere. The way the line comes off, let me uh from Compton to Congress, set tripping all around. Come on, mm-hmm. man. Set tripping all around, dude. He, this is nothing. It's it's the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he says that coming off of talking about how football numbers ain't even accurate, man. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can believe in here. Yeah, He's like, like we it's all fake, man. Like it's so all-encompassing. He does not take a shot at one industry. He doesn't take a shot at one person. He's like, gee, all of it is fucked up. If you learn how to move in one, move like that in all of them, damn near. It's a good picture to put, put this in perspective. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Did you type in new Democrips and Robletica? <clears throat> no, this is just on the, the Genius page. Oh, it is? What else does the Genius page say? Anything interesting? Uh, actually, that's a book um, from... Jesse Ventura, who I believe is an ex-wrestler, but he's really big into like is that, conspiracy theories and everything. Is that the guy who ran for mayor? Yeah, pretty sure he's bald. The body? He's white guy. Yeah. Uh, he's got a wow. book called Democrats and Robotikins, No More Gangs in Government. So that could have been a... Could have read that. Um, he could have read it or he could have just pointed it out. Honestly, it's something that we all should just notice. How do we yeah. not notice? Like, gee, it's the same shit. Like, yeah, really same is. shit, different, different, different topic. Yeah. Like, what are they doing but the same thing, man? Yeah. Um, so crazy. And then Tupac the Obama says. say what it do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what, this is a quote from Tupac. I think this country was built on gangs. I think this country still has, still is run on gangs. Republicans, Democrats, the police departments, the FBI, the CIA, those are gangs. So. Man. It's so real, though. Like. I think that that even ties into the the tiffs of today, mm-hmm. where it's like, dude, like until we realize it, until we realize that we all operate in the same in different places with different resources, 
like, and we need to equal all of that shit out. Mm-hmm. Like, bruh, like, equal all of this shit out, G. Like, I don't know, man. That's <laughs> just, it's so deep. Like, really the track is honestly, like, dude, if you pause the podcast right now listen to and it. listen to Hood Politics, like, right this second, like, I have no, like, I don't, like, there's, I have nothing else to say about it. Listen to it right now. Tell me you didn't feel what I'm talking about right now. Like, what, what is being said? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's that deep, man. Shit. Next track, man. We almost done. We got to get through this album in less than two hours. Um, how much a dollar costs? Damn, that was that was the most miseducation segue. How much a dollar costs? <laughs> Can I segue that yeah. better? That was pretty good. That was the most <laughs> us thing to do. Featuring James Fauntleroy and Arnold Ri- Ronald Arnold Risley. Arnold Risley. Arnold Risley. Arnold Risley is on this song. If you did not know, Ronald Isley, man, I can't talk tonight. Is it? It's really midnight. It's really midnight twenty. I didn't know what time it was right now. Jesus Christ, we gotta wrap this shit. Yeah, dude. Um, I like this. I like this song as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of some quotes here that I really like. The uh, this one right here, the hopping out feeling big as Matumbo, 26, 20 on pump six, dirty Marcellus called me Dumbo. Because you know you got them big ass ears. So I love the fact yeah. when rappers can make fun of themselves in a yeah. bar. You know what I'm saying? Like even like J. Cole, Crooked Smile type shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When like you could be like, yeah, I got a line about me so you can't make the joke type shit. But uh, mm-hmm. how much a dollar costs? That's a good song too. I mean, this ties in, I'd say this is a deeper theme of for free. Deeper than that. Literally, like something that might have literally happened to him in Africa. What do you mean? Like, he like was go at deeper. A gas station, and the dude asked him for ten dollars. Oh. And he was like, he, he thought about it in a weird way that this dude was like, "Isn't uh, that's the thing, right? Like, he thinks." That this guy's God. Like, what if this guy was God? Yeah, he's like, dude, you just came here from another country. You obviously got a little bit of money. You just put 20 on pump six. Yeah. Like, we don't do that around here. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, even this line right here, the uh, contribution money just for his pipe, I couldn't see it. Mm. Like, yeah, that's deep. He said, my son. Oh, we're just going to listen to this part. Maybe this is deeper in the sense of, like, maybe I should just, oh, okay, hold up. Ooh, man, this might even be, ooh, this is going to be a good-ass segue. It's going to be a good So You ready for it? I'm ready for you it. You fucking ready for it, man. For it. This is the, the only podcast where you'll see somebody get hype about a segue instead of actually saying it. But, so, this song, Deep as Fuck, you're saying this is probably a story that really happened. So, I'm seeing yeah. it that way, especially after we just listened to a little clip of it there. And I'm glad that we did that, because, like, I would have, I felt like I would have been, would have been bad to pass on without mentioning how this goes into the next song so smoothly. So, I mean, even from the perspective of, like, this situation, let's say it happened in Africa or it happened in Chicago or it happened in Compton. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that sense of him saying that, like, why, does, why, like, why, is, why is he feeling this bad over a stranger? Like, why does he want a stranger to come save him? Mm-hmm. But maybe it's deeper. Maybe it's like, dude, I just saw somebody in my color who has some money. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that, that's the feeling. That's the feeling that maybe he's saying, like, that's the responsibility that he found while he was misusing his influence. Mm. Like, maybe I was supposed to be using the influence to help the people who look like me. Maybe it was supposed to be like that. Maybe it was like, because then we go into the next track, Complexion. 
another one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite Rhapsody bars she's ever kicked in the world. Like, mm-hmm. Rhapsody, one of the coldest rappers. I don't even want to say coldest female rappers because that does a disservice to her music. It's not just females. She mm-hmm. can crush anybody in the game. She's so cold with it, but complexion is like deep, the deep talk of color. Right. Where it's like, if you look at other developed nations, they don't have the same race talk. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'll say that a couple other developed nations do, but like, let's just say other nations, period, that have been before us in history. Right. Race is not that big of a deal. Religion was a bigger deal in more places than race in, in than race was in certain cases. But here, race plays such a big part, and that's how we get into song complexion. Mm-hmm. Where now we're talking about like literally like uh, the intro, br- uh, dark as the midnight hour or bright as the morning sun. Give a fuck about your complexions. You know what the Germans done. Like it's almost like a I'm I shouldn't give a fuck. We all the same color, which means we all have a common I don't want to say enemy, but a common oppressor. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So why the fuck am I mad about this? Why have I made so many preconceived notions about you when it's like maybe it is my duty to help a little bit? But I mean, we got to go deeper into the song now that I've made the segue Mm -hmm. of complexion because this song is uh, pretty deep. Like, I mean, like even the sneaking through the back window, I'm a good feel nigga. I picked the fly. I made a flower for you out of cotton just to chill with you. Uh, You know, I'm 10 toes down even if Master listening. That's a jump ahead into the end of the verse, but I'm 10 toes down even if Master's listening. He's Mm -hmm. talking just about this like love of the complexion Mm -hmm. there. Like we loved each other. Like the unity of of not slavery, but the unity that we had as a people during the time, you know, that's kind of what it seems like he goes towards, and like how he even calls the song in parentheses a Zulu love. Absolutely, great verse. Oh my god, great verse, dude. I think it reinforces what I was just saying, like heavily. Yeah. Like when you hear what she's saying about complexion, how she says the like being light don't make you smart, being dark don't make you stupid, forcing mm-hmm. my dark side like a young George Lucas, mm-hmm. like that's oh. Great. It's that's not even the way she says the bar, but like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like, God damn, rap. Like, why you, you didn't have to do it to him. Yeah. And like, it just, it makes that like, damn, like, we just supposed to be taking care of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's a very, very reflective, happy song. Like, I, I remember adding this song. I added it back to my library at the beginning of this school year. I got a playlist. I do a playlist for every semester. The last semester of college, the playlist was called Keep Your Head Up, It's Almost Over. Mm. Like, and it was a picture of Gambino carrying his grocery smiling. Yeah, yeah. But, like, so that was my playlist, and this song was in it because it made me feel uplifted once I put the real ear on it, you know? Mm. It was like, damn, okay, this is, like, supportive. Like, I know as a black person, I felt good because of the song. And then when you listen to it just with that with that deepness of the you ain't got a lie attached to it, man, I can't believe we almost went past that song mm-hmm. quickly. But, like, man, when you attach it to that, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy, man. And uh, the song you were just playing, which is the next one, man, if you want to intro that one, talk about that one. This that one is crazy. The... the anger rap. Oh, yes. Blacker the Berry. Man. Blacker the Berry, the sweet of the juice. Blacker the Berry, the sweet of the juice. Blacker the Berry to me is, like... I think Kendrick is trying to deal with the same uh, subject matter in certain moods. Like, he went yeah. happy, he went really sad, he went qu- sort of like questioning it. All over the same topic. Yeah, and this one's like that just fucking bolt of frustration and anger, just like, fuck, fuck it, fuck it all. Just He's like, just like, I have to blow up right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm sorry. I have to I have to go ballistic. Yeah, you have to go <laughs> fucking mad. And Dude, like, the, the fact that this song ends on the word hypocrite makes it even crazier. Like, because I, I don't know if that's how people think about songs. I think about songs on, like, last word. Yeah. Like, what word did you end that song? If I were to only listen to that song on your album, 
What did you end it with? Yeah. And he ended it by saying he was a hypocrite. Are you familiar with Donny Hathaway? Yes. What kind of question is that? That's his daughter, Leia. Layla Hathaway. Yeah. That's her in the background? I mean, it makes mm-hmm. sense. So she is like the leading authority in jazz voices, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Her voice is, dude, like, not, normally you don't get that many famous people in a family that can do what both of them can do. Yeah. But when I tell you, G, there are some Donny Hathaway songs that I don't want to hear sang, I, wanna, I don't want to hear them sang by anyone but Layla Hathaway. The Hathaways, yeah. Like, man. And she said, I, I think her, da- her dad had passed at, like, a young age, uh, when she was at a young age. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, like, that music catalog that you get. Yeah, dude. <sighs> like lyrics, everything black, I don't want black. I, I don't want black. black. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> they want us to bow. The, the, in the, so, like, the, the background ad-lib line is the, mm-hmm. they want us to bow. That's what and it's like, God, we don't believe. Man, that's the part that caught me. The voice in the back, the they want us to bow down to our knees and pray to a God that we don't believe. And that's the white Jesus concept, which we've reflected on a lot, like just period when it comes to music, TV, film, the white Jesus thing. And I mean, we even talked about it a couple times with Kanye having white. Je- Damn, we almost got a whole fucking episode. I'm sorry. That one's on me. Yep. That one's on me. That one's on me. But Kanye and White Jesus at his tour. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy when you think about it that way. They want us to bow down to our knees and pray to a God that we don't believe in, which is crazy because that's what they did in slavery. They were like, here's your Bible. Mm-hmm. Here's your religion. Like, here you go. Mm-hmm. You all can have that. And it me- and what did, they, what did they say about that religion back in the day? It was made for us to be subservient. Yeah. They used the Bible to say that black people should be saved, that should be yeah. slaves. Because granted, there's been slavery in so many places. Like, there's been slavery before the big slavery we know about. The slavery of African Americans. There was slavery in other places, but in, in, I don't even want to justify owning people. No. But it's different. It's different still, in my opinion. Like, when you have made people slaves based on their race, Mm -hmm. and then made them so subservient that 400 years can pass, and you could still have problems from that slavery, (laughs) that's fucked up. Yeah, like there were there were people who made it from slavery to great points in history, you know, mm-hmm. in the past. And the slavery that happened here, it, it did no. not allow for that. It got no. warped. Like, is it over? You right, know what I'm right. saying? Like, and I think that's what the frustration in this song also lies in when he's like the I'm the biggest hypocrite of 2015. Opening mm-hmm. line, closing line. I'm the biggest hypocrite. Like, uh, and I mean to dive into it. Um, because where does he get in? I'm the biggest hypocrite of 2015. Once I finish this, witnesses will convey what I mean. It's, I'm, not about to, I'm not about to dive deep in this track. He told you, hey, G, get ready for metaphors, and you're going to have to wait for, for genius to tell you what I mean, G. It's insane because I felt it. Like, been feeling this way since I was 16, came to my senses. You never liked us. Up, you never liked us. Fuck your friendship. I meant it. That's that anger that I want to say, and I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I know that I felt some of that anger when, when this shit started. Mm-hmm. When all of the current shit that's happening started, I felt that anger that you never liked me anyway. Fuck your friendship. Like, I mean that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, fuck it. Like, gee, like, it's almost that I got anger for everybody who look like you. I ain't got anger just for you. But I mean, like, for him to just go deeper, it touches back on the complexion point. Gang may make me kill a nigga blacker than me. As much as I want to weep, as much as I want to tell you this, as much as I want to say this, as much as I want to say this. Ah, my house ain't in order. It's a scary one, man. Like, this is a song that makes you have to sit back and go, in the okay, bridge, hold up. The bridge. Oh, God, man. Six in the morning, fire in the street, burn, maybe burn. That's all I want to see. Sometimes I get off of watching you die in vain. You may call me crazy. 
but black don't crack, my nigga. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, like, when you get into this, I said, uh, here we go. I, I say they treat me like a slave, call me black. Like, I, they treat me like a, bl- a slave, call me black. Mm-hmm. And they say they want to put me in chains, call me black. Like, man, I don't, not a loss. I don't know if I have more words for it. This is another one. Pause the podcast, man. If you've never listened to this one for real, this is your chance right now. Use this fucking moment. Because for him to say they want to put me in chains because I'm black, imagine now uh, big gold chains full of rocks. Mm -hmm. Come on. He's talking about the come up, but he's talking about how it's still chains. And I want to say, is it Chance? I know Chance has probably made the reference before, the chains to chains. I've heard him make it on, I know, Twitter and other platforms. But J. Cole, chaining day. It's my chaining day. My last piece, I swear, my guilt heavy as this piece I wear. And that's why I think when when people make allusions to, uh, like, chains of slavery immediately followed by chains of gold. Because it's like, so you traded in your shackles. Mm-hmm. But, like, then we're getting into the new slave territory. Man, Kanye. You slave. Kanye. Kanye. I'm thinking about a Jay-Z line. I'm trying to find it. Hold on. Cause it's kind of, find it. I'm sure, it'll, I'm sure it'll tie thing. in because Jay-Z has talked about this topic as well. The newer one. Um... Uh, they may, this is what Kendrick said. They may say I suffer from schizophrenia or something, but homie, you made me. Before he says black don't crack, so it's kind of saying like, you're in a system that calls you crazy, but but you, you made me crazy. Yeah, I'm you, crazy because because you made me crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, what is this? What is this yeah. system? And I was about to, I was about to, I was looking for the line. That's why I had to ask for you to uh, repeat it. Because when uh when he talks about this. It's funny how Zulu and Dozomite and, and Dozomite go to war. Two tribal armies that tro, tri, two tribal armies that want to build and destroy remind me of these Compton Crip gangs that live next door. So we're back to hood politic type references. Beefing with Pyrus only death will settle score. So no matter how much I want, I like to say I preach with the Panthers or tell Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers or try to set February like it's my B day. Eat watermelon, chicken, and Kool Aid on weekdays. Jump high enough to give Michael Jordan endorsements. Watch BET because urban support is important. Uh, so why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street when gangbanging to make me kill a nigga blacker than me? Hypocrite. Hypocrite. Like, it's almost like a, and I mean to go back to your schizophrenia line, it's like a, it's like a you've you've caused these smaller wars. Mm-hmm. So now I have to put out these other fires. So it almost makes me feel unjust to fight this war, because how can I go fight that war if I got this war to deal with? Jay Z said. Blame Reagan for making me into a monster. Blame Oliver North and Iran Contra, Iran Contraband that they sponsored. <laughs> if we want to get deep into yeah. it, if we want to get deep, risking monetization. Also, real quick, go see. There's a movie called Vice. It's about. The oh God! If you haven't seen Vice, that really puts <laughs> a lot of things into perspective. I was on Vice while also on Google on my computer. Like, how much this shit's real? Then yeah. you then you realize you can fact check. Every other scene, every yeah. scene, damn near. I don't even want to say every other scene. There's most of that shit with Dick Cheney and his absurdity. Yeah, yeah. You can you can fact check it. Yeah. Like it's like a this might be a movie, but mm-hmm. the parts that you think are embellished are not. The parts that you yeah. don't think are embellished, like the little weak parts, mm-hmm. those parts are fake. Dude, man, when they spoke about how the vice president can enact the uh, what what Dick Cheney enacted. Mm-hmm. When when uh, George Bush was in the air during 9-11, mm-hmm. it makes you literally just go, does this country have dictatorship? Like, is this, do we live in democracy? You know, it makes that you really question it. It makes you really question 
how much power the government really has. Mm-hmm. And even moments that we live in right now make you really go like, okay, so when is the government going to say, you all are done? Yeah. Like, when are they going to say, you all are done fighting, go home now? Because that's scary. Like, dude, there are rules in there are rules that are dormant that can be enacted at times yeah. that are insanity. But I mean, like, they're insanity, I think, because they know they've created a fucked up system. When you it's know like you escape button. When you know you've made a system that purposely puts people as inferior and can make people even question their own stance, like mm-hmm. Kendrick and the black or the berry. Yeah. Can make people it makes you question your own stance and where you have to sit in this nation because you're like, there's so much shit going on. But then you like one day we're all gonna trace this line back mm-hmm. and realize mm-hmm. what the real problem is. But you know, once again, risking monetization. It's cool. This episode might be free. Don't um <laughs> Don't believe everything you read, Alizé. Don't weed. believe everything you read, Alizé and Weed. That might become the tagline of our podcast <laughs> if we wouldn't get sued. But that's even more shit. See, <laughs> man? They try to demonetize you when you're speaking truth. We got to keep going, man. We got to keep going. Oh, You Ain't Gotta Lie isn't the one we skipped when I was talking earlier. I meant how much a dollar costs. Now we're on You Ain't Gotta Lie. Mm-hmm. And, man, this one is one of my personal, like, put-on tracks when I'm just trying to vibe. Mm-hmm. I love the, uh, it feels very uh, G-Funkish. The mm-hmm. You Ain't Gotta Lie, like the mm-hmm. high-pitched vo, uh, I don't want, what's it called? Uh, vocoder. Vocoder. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Vocoder. That vocoder dope uh, over the top with the keys hitting it. Mm-hmm. But it might be, uh, I don't think it's a vocoder. I think it's it might be a talk box because it sounds like they got the, the straw in their yeah, mouth, yeah. and that's on a talk box. That's yeah. the the intricate one where you actually have to play each note you're singing in. Mm-hmm. But it's cold as hell because, like, it sounds so cool the way they stretch it. Even the way the beat comes in, I love the wobble tone mm-hmm. on it. Like, that's something, man. Like, if we could bring that back, everybody do one track on their next album with a cool wobbly intro. Like, I like it when the sound's, like, panning around me and it kind of makes me feel like I'm being teleported. Like, if we could bring that back mm-hmm. on the music side of things here. But, um... This song is a huge call out. This is a huge like. Let me point out your flexing. You know, Love Dragon. what you find some shit out. Love Dragon. What the fuck Love is Dragon it? is a is a production team. But I guess it's why are they relevant right now? Well, it's, <laughs> oh, they produce the song. They produce oh, the okay. Song. How many actually, songs? Uh, they produced for free. These walls. This one, but all the vibes, all these vibes in the but same vein. It's a secret identity of Terrace Martin and a guy. Why do I know that name? Joseph. Fuck him up, Terrace. Sax- I don't know sax- sax- Saxophonist. <laughs> Saxophonist. Is that what they are? They're called in the profession. <laughs> that was so. When you did those <laughs> little, lo- that that's your saxophone impression. Yep, that's it. Okay, okay. I definitely thought you were talking about like a trumpet at first no. or some keys, but you know, okay, cool. That's why we know him. But uh Book him up. Terrence. Why do you think they choose why do you think they chose the moniker? Love Dragon. Oh no. Have they used this moniker for anything else? No. They produced they also produced um Hold on. Love Dragon. Yes what I'm saying, like is this a regular pen name? You ain't gonna lie. Is this just Kend- just for Kendrick they made this name up? Maybe. I'm oh my god. Name. I don't know. Terrence Martin also produced Loyalty. Who? Yeah. He's the one who chopped that Bruno Mars sample two weeks after it came out? No, I think he's just on there. No. He's just on there as a producer? Because I thought it was well, somebody. I was like, who? Dahi probably okay, because I was like, who chopped that fucking Bruno sample yeah. two weeks after release? How do you even do that? Two weeks after release, boy. Two. Ah, man, dude. Like. 
how dude like when you hear how it's done it's like flip chopped dude it's freaked but you can still weird. hear that it came from there but even somebody who's like let me just chop like a really poppy song Weird. Who just heard the first couple seconds of that tonight? I just want to take you home from Twenty Four Carat and was like, we can make a whole track with Rihanna on it. You about to hear how they flipped it? Oh, it's crazy. So you hear it's reversed and chopped. So that's normal, that's straight. Listen to the part they take out, man, it's clean. And that's a different part. When they dip down, they play that in a different key. So you hear, it's not even, it's not the same. They mixed it up, it's flipped. That's Frankenstein, G. That's like 4 a.m. Dude, that is the only time I've ever tried to chop anything like this. Is like I'm staring at the screen, eyeballs burning, and I'm not and I'm not gonna do anything. The thing is, I'm not gonna do anything with it after. It'll never become a full beat on my computer. And they were like, "No, we could do something." And then they probably was like, "Dude, that's a crazy sample." We gotta finish up these last couple tracks. Do we even get any? You ain't gotta lie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so the deeper tracks to tie up this entire album are the next two. So you ain't got to lie. Dope track. We did talk about it. Dope, yeah. track, dope, dope, track, track, dope track, track. Dope track. Dope track. Dope track. Now let's just get into the the last two. I feel like Kendrick gave a lot of meat in the end of the album. His That's what I'm saying, man. I is a crazy track, dude. Like, it's got so many moving parts to it aside from the beat. Uh, they used it for movies. I was hearing it in movies. Yeah, I was talking about that. It made, made it confusing to me in a way, you know? Because it was almost like, did you listen? Hey, what you doing? It was like, did you listen to the track or you just needed that beat? Yeah. I think they just needed the beat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, by the way, I wrote a fucking paper on this song. Specifically. Oh, the go pers- in then, G. This is your time. Fuck my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> specifically on his performance of the song on SNL. That's one of the best live performances I've ever seen, ever, especially Kendrick's. So um, at the time, I believe um, that day specifically was the anniversary of Methical, which is Method Man's album. And he has his hair, um, like his cornrow, like two of his, like, they're like messed up. So his Mm -hmm. hair's sticking up, and Kendrick has blackout. Uh, no, his eyes, contacts. Oh, his his whole eyeballs are giant black eyeballs. And he just looks like the devil or something. Um, but he performs this song, the version of the song, and he ends it with um, uh, fucking someone inside me goes, I've been looking for you my whole life. Appetize. Is it money or mankind? Something's got me losing my mind. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway. Oh, fuck. It. Anyway, go look that up. I, SNL. I think that gives this, this, this song so much more. Context? So much more context, yeah. But um, on this album, I, I, I saw it as like... I line you're talking about, and it's stuck in my head now, yeah. too. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, but on this album, I thought it was pretty weird that so, a song that was such a radio-heavy... Well, not weird, obviously, it's kind of Kendrick to do, but, like, probably the most radio-friendly song, just because of the way it l- 
sounds. Oh yeah, it sounds right. It's a it's a hey ya. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, hey ya. Yeah. This album easily. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean like the the beginning lines like even with the hey 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 with that amazing choir hitting and that happiness like the uh, talking about how like the devil wants to put me in a bow tie like the devil's trying yeah. to like I'm, I'm trying to kill me like but like this is this is the the flip of you yeah it's the instead of me looking in the mirror being mad at myself I'm looking in the mirror and encouraging myself mm-hmm. like and that flip is insanity but like he's still talking about the same negative energy. But he just has a different outlook on that negative energy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I put a bullet in the back of the back of the head of the police. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, oh, the bully. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The beginning one. I think bully. Uh, does he say police in one of them? Yeah. He does, right? I'm sure he does. Does he? I thought that's what it was. <sighs> Look at the lyrics right now. Yeah, it says. It says police? Police. So yeah. my version on here says bully. And I thought the first one was bully and I thought the rest were police. Well, maybe. Hold on. Play it. Uh, yeah, I'll play it. I'm just gonna play it. I have it right yeah, here. I can just click the lyric. Um, it's definitely bully. It's definitely bully. It's 100% bully for all of them. For all of them. He just has police. So look, I'll play it real quick for you just because this is how obvious it is once you hear it. Bully. But does it just sounds like he's not saying police right. Police has a different inflection, right, dude. Right, Think right, about right, words. Police. Think about the words. There's no P, dude. There's no P there. Huh. Hold on, we'll put it. We'll put it on the. We'll put it on the big boys. Put it on the big boys right now. Uh, I'm just saying. Police I hear no without, police. I hear he's no, not saying I think, police. He's saying he's not finishing it. Police? You think it's police? Yeah, I think so. I hear. The, I hear the beat. Bully? Let me play the the, the live version. Let me bully? <laughs> uh, dude, it's bully. It's definitely bully. I mean, either either, either word honestly works. I don't well, th- no, 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 no. Those are totally yeah, different. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wrote a fucking. But the fact that we all put police into the bar. Yes. I wrote a comment on this two years ago. I wrote a school paper on this performance on how impactful it was. This is an art piece. If you disagree, you just don't understand. But for real, though, I mean, it is, dude. For it to be like, dude, that's even crazy. But I mean, for him to say, like, I put a bullet in the back of the ha- back of the head of the bully. Like, he's taking over. He's taking over this, like, fear. He's kind of, like, going above it. Those are the comments. Oh wow, you have you have 138 likes though. All the comments want to read my Dude, paper. Can I read that paper? Yo, facts. Can I see it? Br- br- put the paper up, man. Dude, that's crazy. Can I see, bro? Four days ago, someone said share the paper. Dude, we'll just put the paper on the miseducation. I gotta find it. It's, Let's it's, put it on the miseducation website and link it. Yeah, I gotta dig through my fucking. And then you just send them the link Google to the Drive. website. 
But yeah, that Dude, was that's in, um, crazy. What we'll do it when they drop the episode? Drop this paper with it, man. What's his dick? Briggs? Um, yeah, Briggs. <laughs> what's his dick? Uh, <laughs> but uh, so just to go deeper so we can get into this last track after here, there is an ending to this in which Kendrick Lamar mm. took a portion of his album to describe something that Oprah Winfrey first addressed that a lot of rappers uh, felt the need to answer to, which was the, why do you use the word nigga today? Mm-hmm. And that's a deep, that's a deep question. Deep I mean, like, I think once again, we're going into conversation that previously in the black community was like a ooh have that conversation at home have that conversation when you're around your people don't have that conversation on the world stage but i mean we've gotten to the point where these conversations need to be had on the world stage the so that everyone can understand it jay-z on the couch yeah exactly like you know like these are almost conversations where it should have been like a oprah invites everybody over for a little like book lunch and then when yeah. she got all her, her famous black people in the room she mm-hmm. goes can we stop saying niggas <laughs> like you know what i'm saying but yeah a lot of people wanted to give her an answer. A lot of people said, you know, reclaiming, reusing. A lot of people said, you know, I, I don't know, so I'm going to stop saying it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, a lot of people did take that claim, the I don't know, stop saying it. But Kendrick said, here's my explanation, straight from Ethiopia, mm-hmm. N-E-G-U-S, Negus, meaning the emperor, king, ruler. And, like, he, he talks about the definition of that. He talks about how it's lost to history, things of that nature, and how it's something that we can reclaim for positivity in a positive sense. Instead of having a hateful word, we instead say it's it's derived from a positive word, which I think is cool. Because, I mean, also, to ask Kendrick to stop using the word nigga, I feel like it's a bold stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you ain't got a lot of kick in my nigga. I've been A1 since day one, you niggas boo-boo. I mean, it's a, it's a, he uses the word nigga like liberally through this album. That's the best wow. way I can do frivolously, liberally, yeah. whatever way you want to pick. He uses it and it describes things. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he uses it to not only, you know, be a word that is said as filler, but a word that is deeper than that. And then I mean for him to throw in his acapella, you know, the let me tap the mic, throw in a crowd. I don't know if that's real, probably fake, let's be honest. But um the crowd noise in the background yeah. with the mic oh, taps no, no. and everything. I think it was just like a skip. But I mean, like Kendrick was like real nigga. Like I'm a real niggas. Like and yeah, he yeah. even says it at the end, uh, take it from over Winfrey, tell us she's right on time. Kendrick Lamar by far the realest niggas alive. Mm-hmm. And I kinda thought this would have been cool if he put it in the middle of the album and then for the rest of the album he only uses the word niggas instead of nigga. Either way, would have been cool. Would have been something to something to think about. Mm-hmm. But this track is just pro perfectly set up to go into the next Mortal Man song, you know? But, I mean, like, dude, this track is deep. Like, I mean, just to add, like, the first element, how you said, was crazy. But, like, it, he goes even deeper. He's like, let me break it down deeper. Mm. Here's my answer to Oprah Winfrey on my album. I like that. On a track that you're going to use for movies. What? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's hilarious. The song's just a... Who's that lady? Who's that lady? Who's that... Yeah, it's just, honestly, the, they reproduced it, but it's the exact same song. Everything. It's an Isley Brothers song. I could believe it, but I mean, he got Ron Isley on the album, so what's a better time to say, hey, man, can we use your... Hey, by the way. Can we we also use this song really quick? Yeah. Now, I want to know who he had to ask for the end of the next song, but just to dive into it, Mm -hmm. this is the most complex track. This is the most complex track of the entire album. We have been recording until 1 a.m. to get to this track (laughs) here that ties together almost everything that Kendrick Lamar just said and that we just described about this album. Um, being a mortal man, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because we usually use the term immortal, mm-hmm. and I think that Kendrick is using the term mortal as immortal here, mm-hmm. as what we commonly use as immortal, you know, because he's talking about somebody who could be on this planet and still be revered. 
You know, I yeah. mean, even the start, the ghost of Mandela, uh, ghost, ghost. Uh, let me ghost Mandela hope it flows propel it. Yeah, I was trying to catch the flow of it, so I didn't fuck it up. But the ghost of Mandela, hope my flow stay propel it. Like Mandela, Nelson Mandela was locked up, gave people freedom. He was mm-hmm. criticized, things of that nature. But I mean, I would argue that uh, compared to the other people he names in here, that's the person closer to no blemish. Yeah, closest to no blemish right. in this in this song mm-hmm. with how many people he names. Because I mean, this is a name caller. And this is a name caller for people who aren't here, right. and a name caller for all the people here. I listened to this song; I had to replay it three times on a drive because mm-hmm. I was just like, "Whew, damn!" I remember the first time I heard it blew my fucking mind. I oh was like, man, holy shit! I it's was deep. Talking to Tupac. When shit hits a fan, are you still a fan? Yeah. He said, "That's a question I feel I have to pose to you mm-hmm. because if it, if they find a bag of coke in my car tomorrow." Are you still going to be the homie? Mm-hmm. Are you still going to ride for me? Are, are the things that I said still going to be valuable? Right. Ooh, man. Yeah. The deepness of that. Mm-hmm. If they if they slander my name while I'm here on this earth, will I, have, will, will I still have your support? That's in, big... in today's cancel culture? And like you said, the fucking, you gave us Billie Jean, that sort of thing. Man, did I say that before we started recording? Yeah. <laughs> because I might have to give people more context to yeah. that one. But uh, let me find the line. Uh, I wanna I wanna find out because it's crazy how he put it in. I was gonna talk about how he how he put it into the bar. So let me find it really quick. Uh, if you got other notes to say, it's probably gonna take me a little second. Yeah, um somewhere it said that this was also writing credits go to Fela Kuti. Okay, now, believable. For those of you that have been wondering why is Tyler Scambino not wearing a shirt? Why is he dressed like that? It's because of Fela um, Kuti, who was a performer who didn't wear a shirt often and wore those pants, which or is why, ever. or ever, which is why Tyler Scambino, uh, that was like his whole It's swag. a style salute. Yeah, this is all swag, basically, for the past four years. Yeah, I don't no know if he's going to go back. I don't think Gambino yeah, like doesn't like shirt. Uh, yeah, yeah no. you know what I'm saying? Doesn't but like you shirts. know, like, I've always wanted to be the, the shirt-off rapper, but you know, like, that's... It's like nope. him, like, fucking DMX, probably. There was a couple people in the early 2000s who could get away with, like, no, no shirt. shirt. Lil Wayne had no shirt forever. Lil Wayne wasn't. Yeah. yeah, but he's another person. He's like, dude, award show, tank top. Like, yeah, he's like, <laughs> just wearing tank like, tops all the time. But, I mean, who else is a no-shirter? Uh, Nelly. Nelly, Nelly no pff, man, I think he still is, honestly. 50 cent, early 50 cent, no shirt. Yeah. Or a tank top. Man, I was just, on the cover of a lot of people just like, fuck shirts. Fuck shirts. Fuck shirts. If you, have, if you have a body for no shirt, wear no shirt, you know? That's what I'm saying, you know? I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there, G. was fucking ripped. All, everybody whose name was fucking ripped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, so the Billie Jean line, back to there. So, he's been saying through the track, through the choruses, that when shit hits the fan, are you still a fan? When shit hits the fan, are you still a fan? And you think that's what he's about to say after he says this, one of my favorite lines of the song. Um... He says the uh, but then but then put my back a wall against the wall. How many leaders you said you needed them then left them for dead? Is it Moses? Is it Moses? Is it Huey Newton or Detroit Red? If Martin is it Martin Luther JFK shooter you assassin? Is it Jackie? Is it Jesse? Oh no, it's Michael Jackson. 
and then we break back to the chorus. So you think that verse is over. When shit hits the fan, are you still a fan? When shit hits the fan, are you still a fan? That nigga gave us Billy Jean. You said he touched those kids? And even his inflection, I would argue that even reading that bar will never show you what it really means until you listen to it. Right. You have to hear the way he says that line. You know what I'm saying? Like, hold oh. on. Like, how he even, like, he says it like, like, do we need to go beat his ass? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying, G? But, like, he's also, like, saying it from the perspective of, like, what the fuck? You trying to tell me this shit? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm mad at you for telling me the mm -hmm. information, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm mad at you for not allowing me to continue to be this blind fan. Mm -hmm. For not allowing me to continue in my ignorance as bliss mentality. Like, but, like, did it stop it? Because, I mean, he even says, all those other people you left for dead, but... Oh, Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. We're all at the rescue. Yeah. We're gonna defend him to the death. Yeah. So I mean, like, maybe he's even standing from the point of like, how do I get there? How do I get to the point of, oh, he made Billy James, you said he touched some kids? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? How do I get to the point where you mention my art still in yeah. the work? You might you don't discredit my art over the words that you've heard. Also, I just got my mind fucking blown. Go for it. Go earlier, for it. I said that, earlier I said that the album was supposed to be two pimp caterpillar. Mm -hmm. But I said it was spelled T U. T U. Yep. Because what does that spell? Two P A C. Tupac. Oh shit! Shit! Tupac. It's supposed to. It's basically just supposed to be called Tupac. That blows my mind deeper because so for everyone who has either stopped to listen or has heard this album before, you hear the poems. I remember mm -hmm. you was conflicted, misusing your influence, all of this. That poem is continued, and then. He ends it on this song. Mm -hmm. And you hear him, you know, take the piece of paper. He's like, yeah, I don't know about that. I thought you would like it. Mm -hmm. And then you hear Tupac respond. Mm -hmm. What is that Tupac or an actor? No, it's Tupac. It was it's Tupac. That's what I figured. Taken from, a, from an interview that he had. It just built around. That's it. what I figured. Because I was like, and I, yeah, I was like, Kendrick is a, a good enough good enough with a pen to, to flow some bars into some shit that yeah. maybe shouldn't have been in some yeah. shit. But like, it's so cool when you hear the conversation. Mm -hmm. When you hear him talk and you hear the response and you hear almost how this album's created. Like, mm -hmm. you're hearing, like, what it is, and then when he says, I'm going to read you this poem from mm -hmm. my homie, mm -hmm. where he was saying, you know, like, it's it's about to pimp a butterfly. Like, and that's crazy to me to hear that poem be said, man. I wish, like, copyrights weren't real, mm -hmm. um, because I would love to put it in here, where you can hear just, like, like, this is, like, what my homie said. And he talks about how the caterpillar represents how they've put African-American people in this box. They've put African-American people in these neighborhoods. They've put this shit around them. They've put people inside of here, and this is where you get to thrive. This mm -hmm. is the most you get to be. Caterpillar is going to eat up everything around it. It's going to digest the culture. It's going to do all of this. Even back to this line in Black of the Berry, you steal my style. You know, you uh, you steal my style, but uh, you steal my culture, but still can't style. No, what is it? What's the line? You steal my something, but can't take style from me. Because he's just saying, like, how... You're, you can't steal this from me. There's still this element of it where I still have the ability to be a butterfly. Yeah, but yeah. then he talks about the pimped butterflies, mm -hmm. which is why this album title is insane to me mm -hmm. because the pimp butterfly is actually the bad aspect of this. Yeah. He's saying that like some people get into that cocoon where they take that time to nurture themselves, to be reflective. Because he even says, like, when talking about the caterpillar, it's self-reflecting in the cocoon. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to look at but itself. It has nothing to digest but information about itself. Speaking about him being in the cocoon in the industry, once he mm -hmm. finally got that little bit of fame and he saw that there was more than being a caterpillar. Mm -hmm. And then you get the option of breaking out of the cocoon or not. Mm -hmm. And once you break out of the cocoon, 
Are you going to be a pimp to butterfly? Mm -hmm. Are you going to sing and dance for them? Are you going to mm -hmm. sing and dance for the culture of someone for, for to to let your culture be appropriated by someone else? Mm -hmm. But like he's, I I would think he's trying to say that he's becoming a non pimped butterfly. Right. But also you can hear in you how he is the pimped butterfly. Right. Oh my god. Right. He talks about how he was pimped <clears throat> by the game, by Lucy, pimped by the Lucy. country, by everybody. Man. These album reviews are harder when you notice new shit during them. Also, <laughs> connecting to these times, I think what Tupac says about the his allegory about the ground is pretty... Oh, God, man. Dude, can you just say that one? The say ground is going to open up and swallow the evil. That's how I see it. My word is bond. And the ground is the, the symbol for the ground. poor people, right? The poor people is going to open up this whole world and swallow up the rich because the rich people are going to be so fat and they're going to be so appetizing. You know what I'm saying? Wealthy, appetizing. The poor are going to be so poor and hungry. Um, they might just be cannibalism about this motherfucker. They might eat the rich. Yeah, and that's... It's happening. The ground is opening up. It's hard. It, it sucks when you say you called it. Yeah. But how old is that interview too? That's well, I mean, Tupac died in the '90s, so who yeah. cares? It, we're 2020. Yeah. No matter what, we're at least 20 years past. Yeah. And shit, it's still that relevant. It's that relevant, man. Yeah. It's that crazy. Like he's saying, like eventually, and I mean, when he refers to the poor in there, mm -hmm. I don't. I like he's referring to monetary poor, but he's also talking to like the poor in power. Yeah. The poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. The poor of this nation, the na the people who the nation has treated subservient sit in that poor category. Mm -hmm. And at one day, those fat cats get a little comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's like, game the fuck over. No, like, we will swallow the earth. Like, gee, and it's crazy. Like, just to hear this album in a time period like this, if you can't look at it and hear th this time, mm -hmm. if you can't hear this country in it, you didn't listen right. And he's basically, yeah, like I said, the whole... You have to listen to this whole album in order to get the explanation. Sort of more... <laughs> Digest. You'll, you'll never really fucking get the true answer, but, I mean, this Tupac interview really ties into... I mean, Kendrick must have heard this interview and was like, I'm going to make an album about if this. If you listen to that interview and it doesn't make you want to run the album back, it's you like, didn't listen to it's it It's like right. a Tarantino movie. It's like, it's like the, end, well, yeah. the end is the beginning, the beginning is the end. It's like... It flips itself because exactly. if this were to open up the album, you would have been like, "Oh, I get it." You would have been like, "I get," or you would have, or you would have falsely said you got it. Yeah, because look, I guarantee. How, let me see how long this song is. This is this song is in true beautiful outro fashion. It's twelve minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think that an outro can be ten to twelve minutes, yeah. ten to fifteen minutes. I'd stay for twenty. Yeah. But when you're outroing, you're trying to you're, you're making your point. You're reestablishing your point. If you think about writing a paper, you have a conclusion. This is your conclusion. Mm -hmm. This conclusion is so fucking good. Mm. Like, I mean, like, dude, this is not for the regular listener. The regular listener didn't hear that Tupac part. Mm -hmm. They didn't. They they didn't get that far. There's no way they did. Like, it's like "Note to Self" by J. Cole. Mm -hmm. Like, people don't people don't know about him uh, making a joke about Dale Earnhardt Jr. meeting him on an elevator and it not being real because mm -hmm. you'd have to listen six minutes into the 12-minute outro to know that he made the joke, and then you have to listen an extra minute past there to know that the joke was fake. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's like a, it's almost like a listener check. So it's like if you talk to somebody and they go, Tupac's on that album? Listener check. Nah, G. You didn't. Nope. You didn't listen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love this picture, too. 
Which one? The picture uh, is it like a picture of him and Pac. Like when he was little, Pac came down. Oh yeah, I have that picture on my phone. It's yeah. a good one. I like that one, dude. But it's crazy, man. Like, I mean, it ties in everything, and it proves that there is still a fight that needs to be fought because this music is just as relevant as it was today as it was in the 90s for Pac. Mm. The subject matter is still as relevant as it was in the 90s for Pac, as it Mm. was for black people 400 years before that, as it was before that, Mm. as it was before that, you know? Which, unfortunately, both, both good and bad makes this a timeless album. Yeah. Hopefully this album won't be as relevant. Hopefully, hopefully it'll become timeless for better reasons. Exactly. It'll be a capsule. Yeah. You want something like this to become a capsule of the time. Right. You want it to become, oh shit, things were like that. Instead, we're like, right oh to be shit. played five years later and still have the exact same impact as if it dropped today. We are sitting five years later. As if Kendrick wrote this album for today. Kendrick could have written this album the this day week. George Floyd died. Yeah. And, it, and this would have made sense. Right. Could have he could have written this when Brianna Taylor was killed in her own home. Mm-hmm. Would have made sense. And then you go yeah, and then Tupac talking about that. That was twenty probably twenty five years ago now. And that was before that exactly. Yeah. Like we're talking about, and that interview probably had two decades on that. Let's say the interview right. was in ninety five, and this mm-hmm. album came out in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's a decade. That's mm-hmm. an extra. That's two decades. I'm sorry. It's mm-hmm. actually two decades on that. Mm-hmm. Like of just that content still being that relevant. Mm-hmm. Man, it's fucked up. But hey, man, this music is that deep. And I mean, like, I think it's crazy. I hope you all at home are enjoying this video because I think we just tie that together with that, man. I think it's like time to, to get the fuck about her. When you listen to this album, imagine it like, I always like to imagine it like Kendrick was playing this for Pac in the studio. I I can see that. I feel yeah. like my setting's a little bit different. I imagine this when I listen to it in its entirety. I imagine Kendrick is sitting next to me like a hype artist. Mm-hmm. Trying to go, did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I almost hear that when I'm listening to mm-hmm. it. Like, I'll hear a crazy bar he says or a sick flow he spits. And I'm just like, I almost can just like hear somebody going, yo, did you catch that? Though? One of the like, songs, run that back real quick. This entire goes, album is full of run that backs. Yeah. So one of the songs he goes, that line is very important or something like that. He goes, that mm-hmm. bar is very important. Gee, and it's like, yeah. at this point, he has to tell people. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like, because uh, what did he say? Uh, my uh, Kool Aid for the analysts. Mm-hmm. He says that in here mm-hmm. in Black of the Berry. Mm-hmm. Like, gee, I'm I'm Kool Aid for these analysts. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm what they're waiting for because I'm. I just told you something that is still going to be relevant. I just told you something that's so deep that you don't even understand or see it. We did tie this up together, but I think one day we need to do Damn because that oh, Damn is intense too. That's a difference. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar said his views. Kendrick Lamar said his views on police brutality. Wasn't the line in the song that we hate the popo? Well, that whole fucking intro. We hate popo. They want to see us dead in the streets for sure. That ties into the. It's almost like a. Oh, dude! If we do a, if we do a Kendrick mega episode, damn. we could tie all these albums together, dude. I've seen people do damn. it. I can't wait to talk about damn damn is so good. Oh, we got to do it, man! Look, Fuck since we're gonna damn. we're gonna continue on content that's relevant for the time, maybe we should hit that one up. Mm-hmm. That's a deep one. Though. I'm gonna need a week. I'm gonna need a week to digest. Damn, so like that's one where I want to come with like notes. Damn, like this I, album, I sat with for five years, and I mean these are five years where this has not left my rotation. I could tell any pick a year. I could tell you I was listening like I was listening to one of these songs. I have that on vinyl. I think we might need to listen to that on vinyl. Damn. Oh, yeah. of course, man. Oh yeah, that's when yeah. you bring into the studio. Mm-hmm. We listen to, have some drinks, then mm-hmm. record. Yeah. Oh, it'll be a good one, man. But look, hope you all enjoyed this. If you did, give it a thumbs up. Make sure you're commenting in the bottom. We look at those. We respond to them. Alex makes comments on YouTube. You see how active we are as YouTubers. Yeah, dude. But yeah, that's why we're out here. Also, for those of you listening at home, we're about to have an outro track coming at you right now. For today, our outro track is going to be "Gray Skies" by Jesse Five K. Available 
on all streaming platforms, so go check that track out right now. But for you all, our listeners, it is about to play right here, and we have... Yeah. 